Podcast Fresh. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Podcast Fresh Cafe. Guys, we're finally here. The Big Five. Oh my God, you can finally shut the hell up about that now. <laughs> 50 episodes. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, oh, man. We're Big rich. Five-0. We've reached syndication. That's right. We got $50 an episode up until this point. Mm-hmm. So, no, we did. Uh, no, uh, it's cool that we reached the Big Five. Oh, I, I didn't even realize until uh, just looking at it now. So that's pretty cool. Um, I will not shut up about it though because next week I'm going to be like we're one removed from the big five and then we're mm. going to continue that this fair enough sh- this is my shtick uh, I am your host Ryan Mello of course on the other side of the computer is Chris Torres Chris say hi what's up everybody alright what's up everybody uh, yeah we're coming back from uh, we were out last night till like 3 in the morning because I performed finally after like 6 years of not doing anything uh, and I think it went pretty well Chris yeah, yeah. Has it really been six years since your last show? I would say around six or seven. Or well, first yeah. live show. First live show, yeah. Wow, holy shit. Yeah, you were there too, so <laughs> my have things have changed. My God, I was, I was a completely different human being six years ago. I'd like to think I was as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How'd you feel out there after six years being out there live and... Uh... I, had, uh, I had the butterflies all day. Um, it got to the point where like I practice and practice to the point where it's like okay I, I can't practice anymore like it is what it is I know my mm-hmm. stuff I'm just gonna go out there uh, I will say for, for sound check uh, before everyone got there they played one of my songs and they just wanted to get a feel for how my my like how loud my tracks are compared to my voice and stuff and I was rapping the chorus but I was forgetting all the words and I was like oh my god and I was getting really nervous, but I I think it's just probably because I was focused on just the sound check part of it and I wasn't really into it. But I let that kind of get to me a little bit. And that was like half an hour before I was supposed to actually do it. So I was like, oh, you got this. Just chill. Fuck. Um, but no, no, being up there is fun, man. Once you're up there, it's like it's uh, all that kind of goes away. Like, especially after I did my first song, I was like, OK, yeah, every, everything's fine because people are liking it. They're cheering. I'm seeing people's faces um and they're all they're all hyped up so it was cool man honestly it's like again it's one of those things you're up there and three songs ends up not being enough i would have done you know another two or three but uh no it was cool i think the night in general went really well we had acts all kinds of acts man like rock music uh like old school rap new school rap uh you know we had these man really cool uh we had these twins that like just covered songs in their own like acoustic way it was so Mm -hmm. fucking cool um yeah and like the one of the main ex uh rachel was really good too she's a monster man i think she's an incredible fucking talent um what do you think what i really liked about her um the main event girl what was her name rachel yeah rachel tamarin she had amazing uh range oh yeah she's crazy very good range and uh you know whoever did the mixing did a really good job because it never like went into the red or the sound got distorted or anything like that right um but yeah and a nice little uh cool little night out you know the dakota tavern just kind of like uh just a hole in the wall right but sometimes those little venues uh really provide some you know acoustics were really good and uh Nice size, nice small size for an intimate little venue like that. And uh, they had a also really good beer selection as well, which was kind of nice. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really they, good. I what? really dug the vibe. Like, when I got there, I was like, holy shit, like, 
it feels so homey in here because it's like wood. Oh, we lost Chris. Um, really? Mm. <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say we. It was a really good vibe. Like the minute I got there with the lights and like everything's made out of wood and. It was just, an, I don't know, it's a good vibe. It was definitely a better vibe than the last show I, I did. And uh, even Dylan said that. He's like, man, the last place we saw you at, like, I thought I was going to get killed. But here, it's, it was awesome. Yeah, Dylan did not like the first place. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. But, uh, yeah, no, it's like, it went really well. And uh, I got invited uh, to do more shows from the people. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. That's cool, man. Yeah, no, it was a good show and uh, nice and quick, quick pace. You know, sometimes you go to these shows and, you know, there's like 10, 15 minutes between each act. And this was just kind of like boom, boom, boom. Let's go, go, go. So uh, very, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And you got a couple more gigs out of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that's all I really wanted. So it's cool. Ryan might still be a star. All right. I like it. <laughs> What have uh What have you been doing all week? I've been chilling, man. You know, uh, going back to the cafe forty nine that we did, uh, or forty eight rather, a couple of weeks back. I just got really no, sick. 49. Was it forty nine? I just got really oh, sick. I was down yeah. for like, God, like ten days, ten days, and that's usually not like me to get sick like that. Uh, but I went down right. for ten days, and uh, just I feel a lot better now. You know, but uh, just. When you're sick like that, like, you can't do anything, you know what I mean? Like, I tried just, like, watching movies, staying home, isolating, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, my eyes hurt, my temples hurt, everything hurt. So I was like, you know what, just fuck it. I just slept a lot. I just slept a yeah. lot and um, just been doing that. I just recently got uh, back into uh, playing games again um, just because it's not tiring on my eyes. I said, well, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. It sounds like from everything that I've said and talked to people, it sounds like that's what it was. Um, yeah. I didn't get myself tested, I, I, you know, but I did self-isolate. I didn't go to work. I stayed home kind of thing. So I did my due diligence, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just just been doing a lot of that. Uh, of course, last week was a big, uh, you know, big pay-per-view weekend last week with AEW, WWE, and uh, WWE NXT, NXT UK. So, you know, that was that was nice because that was kind of like I was just coming back from my sickness and it was just like a, my eyes didn't hurt me that much. I was able to sit there and just consume product. And, uh, you know, this week just been catching up on everything in the video game world and everything else like that. And uh, I tell you what, I don't know what the hell is going on, but it seems like every industry is so hostile right now. I told you yesterday know. at the show, like really quickly, but like there was also like this UFC, there's a big UFC pay-per-view tonight. And yesterday was was supposed to be like the uh, the final weigh-ins and the and the, the final face-offs thing like that. Multiple fights broke out backstage while they have all the media in front of like you've seen it where they bring the guys up and they have the yeah the press they have the yeah the that's right they got the the gimmick logos in the back and everything but back there all these fights started breaking out and one guy who had been talking mad shit. Um, uh, miss weight by like seven and a half pounds, which is a lot when you're trying to yeah, weigh in at 170. Motherfucker came in at like 178.5, so yeah. they canceled the press conference. And a couple hours after that, with the whole missing weight fiasco, they ended up flipping four fighters in two fights. They ended up flipping the four, and now arguably you have a much better card 
with uh, Nate Diaz taking on uh, Tony Ferguson, which are two really, really big characters, if nothing else. Kind of both of them sort of in their twilight of their UFC careers. They've been both of them on losing streaks, but they are, you know, they have they're, they're kind of like they're two Eddie Kingston's going at it, and they have the heart of the people. And anytime you have that, it makes for a really good storyline. But um, but just that was hostile, and obviously everything that's going on in wrestling is hostile right now with the whole CM Punk thing. Uh, we have. Uh, we have uh, Jim Jim Ryan and uh, Phil Spencer going at it. Like those two are gonna yeah, we'll are to those them. two gonna throw hands? Uh, like the next? Like, are they going? Are they gonna the throw hands at the video game awards? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just so crazy. Like we're seeing public. These are two multi-billion-dollar companies. You know, Microsoft and, and Xbox having bil- billions more, but um, two very very big companies going at it. It's just. Uh, it seems to be a very hostile time. I don't know what's in the water, but people are just from all industries are just throwing hands at each other, verbally and in some cases physically. Pack anything to make of uh, the turbulent times that we're living in. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, you're right. Everything that everywhere I go, there's some kind of controversy. Like, yeah, I think the only thing I watch that doesn't have controversy. I mean, to some extent, is like soccer, right? <laughs> yeah, like Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I didn't know the extent of the whole Jim Ryan, Phil Spencer thing. Like, I didn't know how serious that was. Like, not that it's serious, but I didn't know how deep it went until, like, yesterday when I did was, like, reading about it. And I was like, are we oh, yeah. really doing this here? Like, like I understand, like, sports and sports entertainment. But, like, fuck, you're, it's PlayStation versus Xbox. And, and now you're making that literally. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, uh, that's nutty. That's nutty to me. But we'll get into that a little yeah, later. Yeah, that's right. We'll take a deeper dive, <laughs> a deeper look into that. Uh that that's just a wild yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. All right, man. Uh, let's get into it. Give us the plugs and the mailbags. Yeah, that's right. We're at Podcast Fresh on Instagram. You can also follow our personals on that same uh, platform. Official underscore acapello. Uh, Pac-Man, I haven't checked you out in a couple of days. Are you going to be putting up any clips from your uh, live performance? Yeah, I'm just waiting on uh, extracting the clip from the camera that uh, my, the wife. Nice, I like it. The wife. Yeah, so you can check that out. The wife. Um, as well as you can go on to Twitter at Podcast Fresh T. Oh, I haven't been on there in a while, but I will be making my comeback soon. Especially now that I'm feeling a lot better uh, uh, from a sickness standpoint, but also from just a, you know, a mental standpoint. I kind of, like I said, I kind of tuned out for the second part of the summer there. Just a bunch of shit happened in real life, but <laughs> everything seems to be slowly getting back to normal, which is nice. So I will be back on there. And of course, you can join us on Facebook if you're on there, uh, YouTube. Uh, at uh, Podcast Fresh as well and you can you know consume the content that way uh, the rest of the show is going on right now a quick plug by the time you're listening to this the, la- the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show number 55 is up that one we get into season 5 episodes 1 and 2 um, so we'll see how uh, how Will Smith does as trying to manage Ashley's career in the music business and then Ashley in my in the first episode uh, you know getting up there on stage and performing a lot of parallels to like you know kind of like you performing and, and and things like that what was happening so yeah like, yeah, yeah it's, it's was pretty neat. interesting so and we go on a 15 minute <laughs> side tangent on uh on music and the music industry and how things have changed and how they haven't changed and you know we, t- we get into a little bit about um you know the, the 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 record labels owning everything versus now where you can be joe schmo and, and put up your music and make money just off the streams and nobody's going to come in there and uh and take their little 
little slice of it. So go on there, as well as the last wrestling podcast from last week. You can check out the results and thoughts on uh, Clash at the Castle as we get ready for uh, the new programs coming in uh, from WWE. So I think those are all the plugs. Pac-Man, anything else before we head into the mailbag? I just want to say a very good job on the Clash at the Castle episode. I heard it uh, Friday. Yeah, nice. yesterday. I heard it yeah. yesterday during the day. And I kind of knew what went on in that pay-per-view, like just that face value. But I didn't know like absolutely every result. So you actually talking about it was very helpful. So I just want to commend you. Oh, thank you quick. so much. What a gentleman. No problem. What, a, a, nice what a gentleman. Yeah, thanks, Beck. Yeah, yeah. So go on there and uh, check out those shows. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into the mailbag. First one, Scott from Delaware. A couple of months out from Sonic Frontiers and Gotham Knights. Are you guys picking either of these up? Chris, you um, what is? I know that some news came out last week about Sonic Frontiers. I saw I saw it trending. Do you know anything about that? Is it because they released more game footage? Uh, I know Spawnwave had a feature on it, but I didn't. Like I said, I didn't check it out. I just know that uh, that it, that it had trended. Any news on the Sonic Frontiers end? Uh, well, I think it's because about a week ago, I think the 1st of September, uh, they released a trailer again, and it was like the final overview or something, or just an overview, I don't know if it's the final one, maybe not, uh, but it finally showed like more Sonic-esque stuff. It wasn't just that, you know, big pile of green grass right. <laughs> that you run around on. Mm-hmm. It was actual worlds and levels and characters, and we got more story, uh, you know, stuff about the story, so... I will say that trailer really got me confident in, again in the game because up until now I was like, ooh, this is looking bleak. Uh, Sega should have never uh, let IGN put out what they put out like months ago. That IGN first stuff and they were showing like stupid little things like, oh, look at Sonic Run, look at Sonic Fight, look at Sonic... They didn't need any of that. That just made... A, it shed a negative light on Sonic Frontiers. But I think with this new trailer, it's really, really good. Like, it looks really polished. Time will tell because it is a Sonic game. You kind of have to have your expectations in check. But I think it. I, I think they're kind of redeeming themselves here. And uh, you know, I think I think it comes out in two months or something. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. You know, it's re- that's what I think. Sorry, Pac. So. I was just gonna say I, I think that uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement. Obviously, when video games start g- getting released and things like that. But I have noticed that a lot of the negativity, like when fans start burying things before it even comes out. It's usually because one of these conglomerates, like a GameSpot or IGN, is, 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 is usually the usual suspect with this. They'll release a video with, like, no pomp and circumstance. You'll just wake up one Monday and it'll be like, here are the first 15 minutes of Gotham Knights. With, like, no, no, no nothing else added to it. And it's kind of like, you know, 6,000 likes... 20,000 dislikes and you see that and I think it's just because a lot of the times because there is no context into what you're watching you're just literally watching gameplay it's very hard to make heads or tails out of something so I always say like if you're going to watch one of these previews the first 10 minutes of this or first 15 minutes of that especially for a game that hasn't been officially released yet you kind of number one take it with a grain of salt but also number two is kind of like you can't really make a judgment on, on on that, you know, you're free to have your opinions and things like that, especially after the first Sonic Frontier stuff started coming out and everybody was like, what? What's going on here? It looks interesting, but at the same time, yeah. the world looks drab. It looks like, you know, Skyrim, amateur Skyrim stuff, you know what I mean, with no detail to the world. And so um, 
there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of people poking their head in and taking a look at that and try to make assumptions as to what it is and what it isn't. We all remember when uh, Pokemon uh, is Arceus, Arceus, whatever the fuck it's called, when that game came out, um, that was sort of touted as you know, sort of open world game. And then we come to find out after the game release and everything that yeah, it's got open world elements, but the open world aspect of it is not interesting enough for it to have a quote open world. You know what I'm saying? And it was kind of like one of those yeah. cases like just because you can doesn't mean you should whereas i think mm-hmm. sonic frontiers they are going to focus if it is going to be this sort of open worldish game or a big sandbox game they are i think they are listening and i think um we'll have a better idea of what that open world will will eventually look like as uh, we lead up to the uh, to release of this game yeah i think the way sonic frontiers is probably being handled is that big grassy field is like a hub world, but like it's pretty damn massive. And then you got your, you know, there's these portals that'll lead you to like other levels, kind of like Mario 64 where like the castle is the hub world and the paintings lead you to the levels. That's kind of like what I think, uh, how, how I think of this, but obviously this is a much larger scale. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I think I'll get it. Um, maybe not day one. I I still want to see reviews and stuff. Maybe if if anything, I'll just wait for a price drop. But as of now, I'm still pretty excited about it. Uh, do you think you'll pick it up? Yeah, I might check it out. You know, the the last Sonic game that I played was um, that other one. What was it called Sonic? Uh, the last one they released, the last major one, anyway. Uh, forces. forces, yeah, I had fun with that one. Uh, I think I think I said it was a, it was like a good rental. You know what I mean? Uh, Thirty thirty five mm-hmm. levels, and um, so I'm curious to see what to do here. I I, I think. It's tough, right? Because you have like a you have a franchise like Sonic that's been around for fucking decades, and that means that yeah. your your consumers, in terms of age and things like that, they're all over the place, right? You can have like five year olds playing this game, and then you're gonna have like guys like me, thirty five, forty, forty five, and even fifty year olds playing this game because if they're coming back, if they're lapsed, if they've left for a little bit and come back, like I have, uh, this is kind of what you're coming back to. And so, uh, I, I think it's going to have the benefit of, of, uh, uh, of of uh, of the curiosity of the people, and also it, it, I know it's not related, but it is. I think there's a lot of goodwill towards Sonic right now, based on the the two movies that have come out over the last three years. I think as a franchise, I think I think Sonic's overall is doing uh, really really good things. Whether one has to do with the other or not doesn't matter. The Sonic brand is a lot stronger now than I would say four years ago, five years ago. Dare I say Definitely, this is the strongest yeah. it's been in ten years? Is that stretching it? Is this the most interesting nah. Sonic in 15 years? Maybe, you know. The best Sonic games have been, like, either the classic ones, right, or, like, the Redux classic ones that they've done, right? That's kind of been the best ones. And when I played yeah. Forces, my favorite levels were the ones that are sort of two, 2D, 3D, but the side-scrolling 2D. ones. Not so much the yeah. behind Sonic, uh, you know, roller coaster kind of camera, although those levels were fun, too. But for me, as an older uh, uh, fan of the franchise, uh, it's the... It's the it's the original stuff, the the stuff that brought Sonic to the dance, that brought me to the dance to be a Sonic fan. So, I think there's goodwill here. Mm-hmm. I think there's goodwill. I think definitely people my age, if anything, appreciate those 3D Sonic games on like the GameCube and PlayStation Two, the uh, Sonic Adventure yeah. games. I I didn't grow up with those, so I I actually tried playing Sonic Adventure earlier this year, and I just couldn't. It's, it's I just missed that boat, and I I'm not gonna pretend like I can get into that boat now. So <laughs> maybe I could get on this that new is boat. Tremendous. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'll pick up uh, Sonic Frontiers. And the other one, Gotham Knights. Um, Gotham Knights is one that I was really hyped up about, and uh, these days not so much. And the more they show of it, I can't tell if it's like restoring my faith or <laughs> losing me even more. I'm going to get it because it's Batman, and like usually these games deliver. But this might... I'm totally aware that this might be not what I'm looking for. Like, I think... And I'm not alone on this. I think most people just want this to be another Arkham game so bad. And that's why it's getting so criticized. Even though this game could be good in its own right. It's just not going to be like an Arkham game. Um, so, I don't know. The more I see of it, I've seen... I'm watching the uh, the last thing they put out, that 10-minute preview. It looks good, like, cinematically and stuff. Like, I actually dig it. But I hear, like, the gameplay is what upsets me. Because I see, ever since that... Uh, that presentation they did for Nightwing. Nightwing looked like he was just floating around in the air doing twirls, and like it looked so awkward. And I was like, "This is so weird and bizarre." And I also heard a lot of people don't like the graphic style. They're comparing it to Fortnite of all things. I don't think it's that bad, but it's obviously not as good as Arkham Knight, which is a 2015 game on PS4. I, that's that that is an issue to me. I think it should not look anywhere worse than that. But uh, it is what it is. But again, I'm gonna get this one. I think. You know, I'm not going to knock it till I try it, I guess. What, what do you think of Gotham Knights? Gotham Knights just seems like, you know, from what I've seen, and based on the gameplay and everything, like I mentioned on previous shows, it looks to me like they, they've obviously borrowed concepts from, like, the Spider-Man games and the Batman games, obviously, in terms of, like, you know, from the gameplay that we've seen, a lot of beat-em-up and using different abilities and things like that to wipe out six, seven guys on screen at the same time. It looks interesting. Yeah, you're right. In terms of uh, from an artistic standpoint, I, I you know I, I wouldn't say that the graphics are like Fortnite ish, but I can understand what they mean by that. It sort of kind of has got that slightly exaggerated style to all the different models and things like that. I think from a story standpoint, you know, it's it's really hard to screw up these stories. So I think, you know, kind of trying to predict it a little bit. I can see like the story being really good and the voice acting being really good, but it's all going to come down to gameplay. And also length of the game. You know, if this turns out to be, a, you know, a 16-hour experience, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are pissed off, right? Because I think people are expecting a longer experience with this kind of game. But uh, we'll see. How long yeah. are the Batman games? 16 to 25 hours, depending uh, if you're a collector and things like that? Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Maybe even, maybe even less than that, right. really. If you're just going to do, like, story stuff, I feel like you could get it done under 15 hours. Right. You just pick it up and play right. and rent it and things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if I had to choose between picking up Sonic Frontiers and Gotham Knights, that's tough, right? <laughs> it's just because there's, there's just a lot of question marks around both of these titles. They both could end up being really, really good. They both could up, end up being misses. But um, are they bo they're both coming out at the end of the year. Well, Gotham Knights is coming out at the end of this year. But what about Sonic Frontiers? Sonic, I think, is in November. Okay, so they're both going to be out by the end of the year. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. hard to say, right? Um, if I had to choose between getting one or the other, I'd probably pick up uh, Gotham Knights. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing with this is you have two games where the Sonic games more than not have been misses up until now, so you have this hope that this one will be good. And then you got Gotham Knights, where Batman games have been awesome up until now, but this one doesn't look too good. <laughs> so it's like, which one do you go with? Right. Based on the faith. It's just faith in what you want to yeah. go with. So, um, yeah, I think I'll try Gotham Knights first, though, just because I do think we're in for a treat, even though it might not look like it. Um, 
I, I don't know. So something about about it just it makes me. I have hope for it. It's not like a complete miss, like people are making it out to be. Yeah, I think that game might surprise some people. We'll see. Definitely. All right. Uh, did you guys have a chance to check out the new trailer for Assassin's Creed Mirage? It looks amazing, and I'm excited for this rebirth of Assassin's Creed. Any interest from you guys? Paul from Buffalo. I've played the original Assassin's Creed on the PlayStation 3, uh, Jesus, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, right? And by that point, the game was already like two or three years old, because I think that game came out in like 06 or 07, something like that. And I had fun with it. And here's the crazy part. I never played any other Assassin's Creed ever. That was the only one I ever played. Oh, ever since? Yeah. Wow. That was the only one I ever played. Um, and I know I'm doing a disservice to myself because I've heard that some of those games are amazing. Like, everybody seems to talk about Black Flag and how amazing that game is. And then, of course, you couldn't help but get swept up in the Valhalla. Just everybody talking about how great that game was. I'll mix it. They're actually not putting it over, but I, I think mixed, they were mixed. mixed but I, I, I remember like the, the, yeah. the ones that were really, really excited about that game. Uh, when that one came out, that was one of the forerunners for the uh, uh, for the Xbox and things like that. Um, I did see this trailer for, for Mirage. It looks interesting. Um, it stars the, the same guy from, uh, from Valhalla, so he's going to be in this game. But what they've also announced is that this is going to be a part of this new sort of Assassin's Creed hub that they're building. And they're calling it Assassin's Creed Infinity. And that's going to be... They're describing it as a, as a starting point for anybody playing any of these games. So I don't know if it's going to be like this giant hub where like all the legacy games come together and you can pick and choose which world you want to explore or not. But uh, they're really, really ambitious with this. So it looks like... It looks like Mirage is going to be the next one out. And then they have two other Assassin's Creed's coming out after that. They've both been codenamed. So that, you know, should tell you that these games are probably a, a long ways away. But uh, they're also building two mobile games. So they seem to be really rebuilding this, uh, this IP. I don't know from the ground up, but they're definitely, by calling it a starting point, I think it's trying to bring in as many new eyeballs as possible. And especially people like me who who might be a little bit intimidated just because there's been so many titles in the franchise. Kind of like, no, 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 just come in and try this new game. And then from there, you can try out all these other things. It's interesting because um, leading up to this announcement, we had kind of seen and heard rumors that they were potentially... I heard that the craziest rumor was like they were remaking the original Assassin's Creed, which I was like, oh, shit, okay. Oh, you wow. know. And that split the fan base a little bit because, from what I understand, the original, the original Assassin, the early Assassin's Creed games were more based on stealth and getting the stealth kills and things like that, whereas the recent uh, Assassin's Creed titles like Valhalla, they they're more like traditional action RPGs, right? So, and that becomes a tricky thing if you're going to remake the old games. It's kind of like. Do you remake it with the new RPG elements or do you remake it in the same faith as the original games, which were all about stealth and stealth kills and things like that, right? So, I don't know. I thought this was a really interesting thing uh, announced by Ubisoft. Uh, I only ever played the first one, but um, I probably should play at least, you know, maybe Black Flag and some of the other ones so I can have a better say in it. But I think if you're an Assassin's Creed fan... It's hard to say. I'm not sure what the typical uh, uh, Assassin's Creed fan looks like, what, what they feel like. Are they burnt out by the whole thing? I don't know. But this, to me, from Ubisoft at the very least, this is a very good 
uh, trailer. I mean, Ubisoft is known for their trailers and things like that. It remains to be seen uh, how this game will, will, will be received. But I think we're still very early on. I think Mirage is the first starting point, And then the two codename games, whenever they come out, I would say they're about one or two years out still. But very interesting that they're, they're going to be... They're not going anywhere with this Assassin's Creed. They're not rebranding it. They're continuing it onwards as Assassin's Creed, as, a, as an IP. Yeah. Well, I was under the impression that you played a lot of these games. <laughs> no, I know, right? No, I only ever played the first one, and it's been years. I was living in Woodstock, Ontario, this small little town west of uh, west of uh, west of uh, Toronto. I was working at our little radio station over there, and I, you know, this is this is bef this is when I was like 100% physical games only. So I only played what I had on physical. And I remember I, I, I was playing th through certain games during that time. And I, yeah, this is about 2012. Yes, 2012. And I played Assassin's Creed 1. And I thought it was okay, but it didn't, it didn't hold me. But what, that's what I mean. By that point, that game was already like five years old. You know what I mean? And like, right, say what yeah, you will. Yeah, and we'll, right. I'll talk about this a little bit later when I talk about Batman. But you, sometimes, you, sometimes it's, it's not an insult to say that a game doesn't age very well. But at the same time, it's sometimes games don't age very well. I mean, I was looking at... Um, I was looking at a review for uh, The Last of Us Part 1, the remake that just came out a couple weeks back. And yeah. so the review that I'm specifically talking about is the one on GameSpot. They gave The Last of Us uh, Remake Part 1, they gave it an 8 out of 10. And, you know, they gave them points everywhere where you would expect it. You know, the, the, the visuals are a lot better. The audio is a lot better. The, the, uh, some of the AI is a lot better. Um, two new modes in that game which which the hardcores will like and that's the uh, permadeath mode <laughs> jesus that is way too spicy for me oh, yeah, that's right. no <laughs> that's crazy but uh that one <laughs> and then the other mode is uh is a uh time trial mode where you try to beat the game as quickly as you can for points and things like that but where it loses points is they were saying that you know the level design is just a little bit outdated Okay, I, I completely get that. So going back to the Assassin's right. Creed thing, it's like by the time I played the first one, it was already like a five-year-old game. You know what I mean? So maybe by that point, you know, in 2012, things yeah. had already moved on beyond that point of a five, six-year-old game. Um, so I definitely need to play at least one or two more of these games. And I have them somewhere. They're in my collection somewhere, either on digital or physical. So I do own a bunch of them. But uh, I haven't... I've never went back in after the first Assassin's Creed, so I definitely need to do that because... I'm doing myself a disservice. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Uh, we once did an episode long ago about series that would make sense for us to like, won't like, but for whatever reason, stay away from. And I named Assassin's Creed as one of those. Like, I was always intrigued by it, but for some reason, I just never want to play them. I never thought about getting into them. And it's funny, I'm watching this trailer now, this cinematic thing, which, by mm -hmm. the way, looks incredible. Um, and I actually think it might be a good starting point. Like, if they're trying to get new eyeballs, then I might be one of those new eyeballs. Who knows? Um, I'm, de I'm definitely willing to, um, to, to give this one a chance. Like, I think maybe it's been long enough. And <laughs> I think as the, the years go by, I am getting more and more open to trying new genres and stuff. So... Yeah, this might be the one that gets me in, and maybe I'll go back and uh, and check them out. I do have a buddy at work who like lives and dies by these games. Like he loves Assassin's Creed, and he thinks I'm a weirdo for never playing <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. So uh, 
There's that. <laughs> there we go. All right, thank you, Paul. I recently, I recently saw the specs for the new PS5 controller, the Edge. At first glance, seems like a great option for gamers, but the rumored price points might likely keep me away. What do you guys think? Turboman42 from Cambridge. Love your name there. Uh, yeah, I saw this damn thing. It's um, looks like a Bionic Commando over here. I, I honestly am not in the business of like the, these controllers that come out where you could like interchange all the, the joysticks and the buttons and the parts. I don't really care for that, personally. Um, I remember when Xbox started doing that last gen. It's like, that looks cool, but I'm not going to waste like a hundred something dollars on a controller that I really don't need. Maybe if my controller's all busted out one day and I have to get a new one, maybe I'll do that at, at that point. But, you know, it's, I just don't go out of the way. I do, however, at one point was getting like every Joy-Con so I could have all the colors, but that was strictly from like a color perspective. Right. <laughs> not because not like I wanted to interchange parts. Um, so, I think it looks cool, though. Uh, but what is the uh, price point of this damn thing? Did they say? No, it's just rumored. Um, they're comparing it to the Xbox controller, which... The Xbox Elite Wireless Controller uh, Series 2 retails for $179.99. That's U.S. dollars. So, they're saying here on uh, Tech Radar, we do, we, so we'd expect Sony's take on a standard Pro Controller to sit somewhere in that ballpark. The one good thing about this controller is that you can you can pretty much swap out most of the pieces, right? Yeah. Especially the the sticks. So anybody with you know drift issues and things like that, if if you've you know been unfortunate enough to have that happen, you know, rather than throw out the entire controller, you just replace the uh, the parts. And um, you know, if you're any kind of uh, in terms of that, it's great. And also, this is being you know pushed toward like the, the I guess like the the pro the pro player that the, you know all these different little widgets that uh, that they've improved on uh, will make you sort of uh, bring a, a better playing experience. But uh, yeah, design seems fine. Um, they're also promising extended battery life, so the battery life will. Um, will go a lot longer than a, than a traditional battery life. Right now, the PlayStation, uh, the controller that comes with the uh, PlayStation 5, has got four to 10 hours from a single charge. Um, and so this one, the Xbox one, comes in at around uh, bu 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 35 to 40 hours on a single charge. Oh, it says here, we don't expect the Edge will be able to meet this considering all of the other features it has that the Xbox pad lacks, but we'd like to see an improved battery life. So uh, there you go, a better battery, interchangeable parts, um, including the trigger buttons, which is pretty cool. Uh, the bottom of the controller, which houses the mic, the PS button and analog sticks is now glossier black. Uh, the sticks themselves, triggers, as well as the back of the controller, all look to have a more sturdy and textured grip as well. So um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting looking controller. I don't know if I'll pick one up, you know, I've had my issues with the PlayStation 5 controller, including the one that came packed in with my PlayStation 5. It's just like, I think I told you, I had an issue with like the X button. It just stopped working. Really? Damn. Yeah, so it's really annoying. It's like certain games I wasn't able to jump. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, now I use it as the uh, as the Player 2 controller. So when somebody comes over <laughs> and they want to take me on in Street Fighter, I just give him that controller. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm crushing you, brother. I mean, wow. you know, what's going on there? No, no, no. But I just keep it on the side. And I'll sometimes use it as like my, as like an extra like remote control just to navigate around YouTube and stuff like that. But 
Yeah, unfortunately, that that issue uh, with that controller and the controller that I have right now, I replaced it with the red one. That one's giving me uh, no no issues. But to have a longer battery life, that's a that's a beautiful thing. But at the cost of uh, of you know a two hundred two hundred fifty dollar uh, price controller, that's you know, ridiculous. it's not so much the price that keeps me away, but it is a part of the whole deal, right? The fact that you can swap out the sticks and things like that, that is a pretty cool selling feature. But for me, it'd be the longer battery life. I think that's really cool as well. Yeah, I don't know. 250 is like three or four games. So that's where I can't justify it. Um, I also want to point out that this was Sony's contribution to Gamescom. And this literally could have been a tweet. Um, Along with Hideo Kojima fucking announcing a podcast. That was stupid as fuck. Um, is it going to be in English or uh, Japanese? Yeah, there's going to be some translator or something. I, I downloaded wow. the first episode. I haven't checked it out yet, but like, <laughs> I started laughing so hard when he appeared just to announce a podcast. It's like, you pompous motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get this thing, but uh, if you ever get it, I'll try it out. And uh, Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that for yeah, sure. For sure. That's going to do it for the mailbag. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. Again, you want to write in? Podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. All right, uh, let's talk some movies. Honestly, not much going on, I don't think, but Disney did have the D23 presentation where they like announced all their plans. And, of course, this brought out some Marvel stuff. Look, I'm going to keep it 100%. I've really fallen off the Marvel train. I can't... I no longer have the drive or ambition... Or the excitement to really go into these things anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, there's just so much that I'm just like, whatever, man. Um, I did look up, like, what was the standouts? Like, what was the important stuff? And a lot of stuff that I actually am looking forward to, they haven't released to the public yet, unless you were actually there. Like, I'm I'm interested in the Ironheart stuff. I, I, I want to see what that looks like. Um, but I, whatever, I'll get into a couple things. I think the the coolest thing that they revealed was finally Samuel Jackson coming back as Nick Fury in his own uh, uh, series called Secret Invasion. I think that's pretty cool. Um, For those of you who don't know, there are these creatures named Krangs who are disguising themselves as human beings and that's where the Secret Invasion thing is is happening. You don't know who's a Krang or not and, you know, regular ass people are just like, you know, they're actually not regular ass people and slowly they're invading Earth. I think that's what this is about if it's following the comics. And um, whatever. I'm intrigued by this series, honestly. One, because I like Sam Jackson. And two, my problem with Marvel overall uh, these days is just uh, we haven't had a serious movie or show in so damn long that I think that's why I'm sick of it. Like, every show that comes out is just full full of goofballs. Like, She-Hulk. I'm not watching She-Hulk. But I heard Megan the Stallion appeared and like the the fucking She-Hulk and Megan were twerking in an office or something. It's like, dude, what are we doing? And I think that's why I'm burnt out with Marvel. I feel like the difference between Marvel now and Marvel back then, and I'm talking about cinematic universe. Um we had like we had like dire situations. We had very serious situations happening up until Endgame. Like there was actual consequences and stuff. And after Endgame, everyone's just like a fucking moron. Like I just feel like even the new Thor movie, I was glancing at it and it's like everyone is just so stupid now. Everyone's a buffoon. And I feel like that's why I was turned off by Marvel. It just they turned out something that was has been pretty cool up until Endgame. And now it's like I don't know. I'm not I'm not hooked at all because everyone's just an idiot. Um Spider-Man No Way Home to me 
not only because it's Spider-Man, but I feel like it actually had a lot of consequences and weight to what happened in that movie. There were some sad scenes in that movie, genuinely. So it's like, I need more of that. Honestly, is what I've come down to, uh, what I've like kind of narrowed into my own mind. So, you know, I think until we get like the next big thing, the next big Avengers, the next big major whatever it is, I'm tuning out pretty heavily. Um, I just don't think I'm going to be really involved in Marvel up until that point, which is like 2024, maybe even 2025. So, but whatever. Secret Invasion, if they show more of it, I might check it out. But even then, I don't know. Uh, After that, they announced also that Armor Wars is going to happen, which Don Cheadle will star in because he's in Secret Invasion. So that's going to, that series will turn into Armor Wars. What is Armor Wars? I'm assuming it's a War Machine show if Don Cheadle's involved. And um, what else happened? Fantastic Four confirmed their director. That's cool. I think two directors quit that movie already. And I think the biggest thing that they've let out to the public was um, they're making a Thunderbolts movie, which is kind of like a B-tier Avengers and uh, the people involved, like the the lineup of heroes in that movie, have been sprinkled in these shows, except Winter Soldier, who is in there. I don't know how he's in there, but he's in there. So that's definitely intriguing because to me, he's like an OG at this point. Um, but it's led by Florence Pugh's uh, Yelena Belova, who was in the uh, Black Widow movie, who is Black Widow's sister. So that's pretty cool. I'll definitely probably check this out. I just don't know if it's a movie or a show yet. If it's a movie... Nine times out of ten, I'll I'll probably check it out. If it's a show, there's less chance of it happening. But I think overall, D23, you know, in the Marvel side of things, this was probably the standout stuff, at least from what they've uh, released into the public. Chris, did you check out D23 at all or no? Yeah, yeah. What did, um, what's Nick Fury's uh, power? Uh, He's just a regular ass dude with just, you know, a lot of secrets. He just, he runs, or he did run S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but he's just a regular guy who's just, you know, full of secrets and has just has some kind of power, like, like financially yeah. and stuff. Cause, right? Cause when I watch the trailer, he does, he's not really doing anything. He's just like walking around no. being a badass. Yeah. I'm like, but what are you doing? <laughs> I know things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he knows, he knows things. Um, and yeah, that's cool. Don Cheeto's in there for, uh, Armor Wars. I saw the trailer for uh, Werewolf by Night. Have you seen oh, yeah, this yeah. thing? This I was going to mention wacky. this. Yeah. <laughs> it is wacky. This is so wacky. It's a Halloween special that's going to stream on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's coming on uh, October 7th. It's called Werewolf by Night. Um, it's got uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, who's, who's one of my favorite uh, uh, actors. A bunch of other people as well. It almost seems like... Um, it's basically like all these monsters or personalities are put into one house, but but one of them is like an imposter. So it's kind of got that sort of a manga yeah, sort of gimmick us. to it, where one of them one of them is gonna. Um, I mean, hell, that's that's different. That's that's an attempt at something different. So, and I like the visual presentation of it, sort of this black and white sort of uh, looking thing. But um, yeah, no, it's really interesting that uh, that Disney would would. Uh, you know, everybody seems to be doing these presentations where they kind of announce their entire fleet of stuff that's m- going to be coming out in uh, in the next little while. So, uh, yeah, there's some definitely the Fantastic Four thing is is uh, real interesting because my joke is always like, oh my god, they're going to try this again. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we going to reboot this motherfucker? You know what I mean? All for all that to get a six point five, you know what I mean. But we'll see. They have two years to get this thing right. The movie is supposed to drop <laughs> on November eight, November eight, twenty twenty four. That's very far away. 
That's a long time from now. So uh, they have a they have a chance to do it. Um, it is going to be uh, directed by uh, the director of It's All Be Sunny in Philadelphia, Matt Shackman. Mm-hmm. And from WandaVision as well. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure fans will have... Uh, there's gonna, there, that should have, that has a chance to be good, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Fantastic Four. Dang. I also want to say Fantastic Four rumors for casting has just been crazy. Um, I've heard Penn Badgley might be up for the role of Reed Richards, who uh, is the guy from You. He stars in You, that show about okay. the stalker or whatever. Uh, right. I actually like him. Um, and then I'm hearing more reports that, uh, no, John Krasinski is going to keep his role as Reed Richards, which I think is actually perfect because I saw him. What movie was it that he appeared? The new Doctor Strange. Um, he was in it, and I thought he was a really good choice. So I wouldn't be mad. The most intriguing rumor, though, that I've heard is Seth Rogen might be the thing. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I could actually wow. see the voice working out for the thing. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if that's true, I don't mind that either. Uh, but yeah, just interesting, man. Mar- Marvel's been very all about content, not so much about quality. That's that's all I'm going to say. I feel like we're, we're a couple years away from this kind of this ship turning around. They might still have a chance. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone should abandon Marvel or whatever. That's ridiculous. They're, they're like the biggest thing ever at this point. But... Um, I think the MCU has definitely seen some better days. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah, and a, and a lot of it is um, a lot of it is when the, when the Avengers movies started being made, they they started putting a lot of comedy into it. You know what I mean? Into everything. And now, now it's like, and they 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 started doing a lot of this like fourth wall breaking, where like they break down the wall, and it's kind of like the whole point of me picking up a video game or reading a comic book or investing time into one of these shows is so that I can escape. Yeah. But when you're breaking down the fourth wall by like mentioning things that have nothing to fucking do with the Marvel universe, like mentioning social media in the shows or Twitter or Facebook or, or Tinder or Bumble, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It kind of removes me from that kind of, re- even though these, even though these stories are su- supposedly, happening right now in today's times sometimes i don't need reminders of that you know what i mean and sometimes when you have like a celebrity or something like that it's it's fine for like the time right like if you put the weekend in a black panther movie okay that's cool whatever you know but how will that age 10 20 30 years from now sometimes doesn't age that well you know what i mean uh megan the stallion showing up in uh she hulk and and twerking with the she hulk character i mean it is what it is it's funny, whatever, but how's that going to age four, five, six years from now when it's kind of like it's cringy, you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. And I'll give you an example. Like when I watch, um, it's another uh, a grown fest, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the movie, mm-hmm. there's a fight scene where they're fighting in a nightclub. But Vanilla Ice is up there, oh, like yeah. in the middle of a song and... Next thing you know, the turtles are somehow doing this choreographed dance where I have no idea where in that universe they actually were like, hey, let's do a choreo, let's learn a choreographed dance to fucking vanilla, vanilla ice or whatever the fuck. Um, that shit doesn't age well, you know, and sometimes you don't need these pop culture references within the, within every single uh, uh, piece of IP. 
for the specific IP, sometimes it works, right? Like a Guardians of the Galaxy, you want to break down the fourth wall, laugh at certain things that happen in that movie. That's fine. But um, it just it doesn't always need to be done that way. And so I think sometimes it's better to leave all that shit out so that it doesn't badly age your um, your show or whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of that applies also to the storylines that they write. You know, sometimes the storylines that they write, it seems like they're very heavy handed, like they're trying to promote like this is this is all inclusive or, you know, we're pushing women or we're pushing black people. And it's kind of like, hold on a second here. Like there's a way to do all of that stuff without being really, really heavy handed with your stuff, you know. Um, So that's all that's, you know, that's kind of like, well, what I'll say about that. Disney. And Marvel, we'll see what happens. You know, it's we knew shit like this was going to start happening when Disney acquired Marvel, right? With the, with all the different things that they're trying to push, right? We're seeing it now with like Pinocchio and these different Disney IPs that are coming out. Um, Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid yeah, that, that got announced. Right? That's uh, Little Mermaid's coming out. You know, uh, Pinocchio. Yeah, so you have all these different uh, uh, different IPs coming back. But just being respun and retold to appease, you know, sort of today's audiences. And will it work? Will it not work? We'll see, you know. But it seems to me like anytime there's any kind of negativity, it seems like a lot of these production companies or these talking heads, they boil it down to, well, it's just the fans are not ready or yeah. the, the the people downvoting this are all racist or the people downvoting <laughs> that, don't they don't want to see inclusivity. And it's like, no, 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 it's not about that at all. Um, it's about grabbing an IP that people have become accustomed to over the years and years and years and remix it to make it palatable to, to today's viewing audience based on what these people up in their ivory towers think that the, the media should be. So there's a little bit of that, um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Anything to add there on the movie side of it, Pac? No, like... It is what it is. Disney's a company that's going to be around for what seems like forever. And they're just making sure of that, you know? So whether they remake Little Mermaid, whether they remake Snow White, Pinocchio, they're even making a prequel to Lion King. Uh, Mufasa! 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 Uh, you know, I am definitely more of the, the, the camp of, like, I think the original animated movies should be left alone. That's just how I am. I feel like original content will always win me over rather than rehashes and remakes and whatever. Yeah. But I get it. Um, yeah, I don't know. D- Disney's around. Like, even though I'm talking negative about the Marvel side of things also, it's like, it, that has its fans. Like, that that's doing well, yeah. and that's why that's not going to go away, and that's why I'm going to continue to bitch about it. <laughs> so, uh, it yeah. is what it is. But, um, no, we'll definitely see how, um, you know, Disney will, will handle, you know, things going forward. Um, there might be hope for Marvel. Who knows? I'll see. Mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, we saw people getting nervous when, when, you know... With a IP like Deadpool three, right? Oh, yeah. oh how's how's Disney gonna handle that? Best way they can handle it is fuck off and let these people write the movie that they were originally gonna write. All right, and you know Disney wants to get his fingers in there. Oh, we need this kind of character to represent this person, and we need that kind of character to represent that. And yeah. you know, let, let's swap this character into that guy. You know, it's kind of like just let these people do what they do best, you know, and let them write the story as if it doesn't matter if if Big Daddy's watching, yeah, Big Daddy Disney. Let these things happen. They need to happen organically. Otherwise, it just becomes like, well, this is Marvel, but it's through the lens of Disney. And I don't think people, I don't think people yeah. are, are liking the, the Disney lens it's right now. It's just like these rumors with the next GTA. 
They don't want to piss anyone off. Apparently, the writing is going to be a, a very carefully written to not upset anybody. And the new Saints Row did that. The writing in Saints Row is absolutely garbage. And why? It's because they played it safe. They didn't want to. They they played it so safe that nothing they say even matters. That's how that's how bad that is. So it's like there's definitely we're definitely you know in different times. I'm aware of that. But again, you need to just let people create what they want to create. Freedom is important when you're creating stuff. That's how you get the best product. If you're going to limit, if you're going to put limits, if you're going to put censorships, that's bullshit. That's not, you're not going to get the best product. And I wouldn't be surprised if Deadpool 3 comes out and it's not as good as the first two because, you know, it's a it's a Marvel thing now. And if Disney gets their hands in it, we'll know. That's that's just how it is. Yeah. The the thing with the Grand Theft Auto, there's, there's going to be a lot of people, um, you know, paying close attention to that one because that's kind of the one that people are like, all right, let's, let's see what's see going what's on happening. here. Yep. <laughs> the thing with me dude, playing video games, watching movies, you know, even as a kid, and I'm not trying to pander here, but it's the truth. I've never really cared if it's a guy or a girl. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I've enjoyed... You know, uh, television shows, movies with, with female leads, male leads, you know, that to me doesn't doesn't really matter. I understand that the times have changed. So, like, you know, maybe when you do this new Grand Theft Auto, you can't exactly put it in the same lens as, like, uh, when you release San Andreas or Vice City, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. Things change. Some things don't age very well and things like that. But at the same time, you can't remove everything that made those video games great. And a lot of that is the writing. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Do I need to play a game where my character is walking down the street and, uh, you know, every interaction he has with an NPC is going to be something racy or spicy? No, I don't, you know, I, you know, that doesn't bother me one way or another. You know what I mean? Um but, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how that's approached, uh, you know, with these sort of 2022 20, eyes and how everything is just a lot more, it's looked at under a microscope, you know. Um, yeah, that to me is like the biggest question mark surrounding the new, the new sort of Grand Theft Auto and, and how that's going to be handled. Um, at the core, everyone's just looking for a really, really good gaming experience, but it's got to retain some of that identity that made those games great. You know what I mean? And if they need to tone down some of the racial stuff, some of the, the, the stereotypical stuff and things like that, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, that's not the reason why I plug those games and play them. I play those games and enjoy that stuff as a side gag or something to laugh at, whatever. But uh, I think there is a way to, to, to really make those games work without sacrificing too much to your original audience. But I think no matter what, I think when that game comes out, I think it's going to split your audience no matter what. Yeah. Just because you can already see it with so many other IPs that have come and that are, are coming and going, right? Like the new, um, the new Rings of Power Lord of the Rings show, you know, and the new, the new season of uh, the prequel to uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. right? That depending who you ask, that's either an 8 out of 10 or it's a 5 out of 10 or it's a 3 out of 10 and everybody's got their own reasons why, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're just in a very divisive world and everybody's just, ah, they're just itching to jump on the next thing as like, you know, as whatever it's going to be. So Grand Theft Auto 6, I think that's going to be, that's going to have a ton of fucking eyeballs on it and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when that comes out. Definitely. All right, and to close off the movie section, I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Nice. Look at yeah. you. Bought it on Blu-ray. I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, yep, that's coming home with me. Um, 
yeah, I finally popped it in. I finally watched it. And yeah, it's just as good as the first movie, I'd say. I, th- I like it a lot. Um, the first movie was more of a fish out of the water story. And this movie is more of a what's the fish doing in the water now? <laughs> so uh, it's cool, man. And I really like the introduction of Tails and Knuckles. I thought the casting was perfect. Tails could not be more perfect because it's literally, literally the same woman that voices him in the games. So right. that was perfect. Uh, Knuckles, I, I really liked right from the get-go. And again, man, Jim Carrey killed it as an Eggman. I literally don't have much bad to say about this movie. It was very, very, like, like source material-wise, everything was there. Again, the only thing I'm going to complain about, because I keep complaining about this, is I wish it was set in Sonic's world and not Earth. I, I really would love to see that kind of scenery. Yeah. But I understand that, you know, to make it, uh, what's it called? Appealing to casuals. It's like, let's set it in Earth. Let's make it familiar. It is what it is. Um, so when you watched the movie, you mentioned that whole wedding thing. Yeah, that was crazy. That was very, uh, we definitely, we definitely took a while. <laughs> to, Fucking uh, 50 minute, like Brightzilla <laughs> short movie right in the middle there. That definitely was kind of jarring. I was fuck. like, uh, okay. I mean, my wife really liked that part, but it is what it is. Um, I, I thought it was fine. It wasn't too bad, but it is kind of weird just coming out of nowhere. Um, no, but I, I really liked everything, man. And I'm not going to lie, I got goosebumps once I saw Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles riding the red plane going to uh, to Eggman's robot. That looked like it was ripped straight out of the games. Like, that was just crazy. That must be, if you grew up in the 90s playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or something, like, that's probably what you saw in your imagination. <laughs> it yeah. was insane. Um, but yeah, man, really cool movie and really cool reveal at the end. Spoilers, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 of Shadow. So it looks like they're going to bring Shadow into the fold. And if Shadow's in the fold, then that means they're going to do the Sonic Adventure. Uh, I guess they're going to take story elements from Sonic Adventure games. Uh, which, even though I don't really like the games, I can't play them, but I know the story, and I think it's a really good story. So I'm, I'm excited for Sonic 3, honestly. I really am. Uh, Sonic will not fail in the movies at this point. I don't think... I, I'm way more skeptical <laughs> uh, skeptical about the games than, than the next movie. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I really liked it. I think for the third movie, you can even break away. Maybe maybe you get what you want this time. It's like uh, they can leave Earth and they can go to a different planet, you know, where, where, yeah, where, where Sonic's world exists over there and, and you can continue the story that way. Um, but yeah, no, Sonic, Sonic, that was a fun movie. I really enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog too. Jim Carrey was awesome. And just the writing was really good. There's several moments in that movie where I popped. I just thought that was a really funny line or, you know... Uh, a timely line mentioning, you know, bringing up things that are sort of centric in that time for, like, pop culture. You know, like, uh, when, 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 uh, when, when Sonic calls Knuckles the Winter Soldier, when, when he, was when he line, lands yeah. on him on the, on the <laughs> side of that mountain. Yeah. I thought that was fucking hilarious. So, uh, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. They nailed, they nailed the supersonic thing. I was wondering if they were going to do it. Once I saw Sonic holding the emerald, I was like, oh, shit, is it going to happen? And sure enough, he went Super Saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> Destroyed yeah. everything. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, very good movie. I can't wait to see the the next one. And uh, that one should be popping up. A uh, couple years. Yeah, a couple years after yeah. this, uh, the Sonic game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not. If the Sonic game fails, maybe they're just like, pull the plug. <laughs> it's, it's all over. Or it's not. Done. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the game flow section i almost said podcast that is ding not ding right ding now. 
All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes, or one of them. Jim Ryan versus Phil Spencer, something I call the hypocr- hypocrisy wars. Uh, so let me lay the, the, the background. Phil Spencer, CEO of, or I think he's a CEO, whatever, we're just going to call him the CEO of Microsoft, and Jim Ryan, who is a talking head of Sony PlayStation. Um, so this whole deal with uh, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, it the biggest thing they're getting from that is call of duty. Like let's not kid ourselves. That's probably the biggest franchise they're getting out of that deal, but they are allowing call of duty to appear on PlayStation platforms for the foreseeable future. They're trying to prove that it's not anti-competitive with what they're doing. Right. Uh, whatever Phil Spencer had tweeted about Jim Ryan from Sony doesn't like the fact that he that uh, Phil Spencer started talking about the deal publicly. So this is what Jim Ryan had to say. I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion, but I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. I just want to point out he's already calling him by his name. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on so many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality uh, Call of Duty experience and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. So long story short, he's upset that they're going to lose Call of Duty in the future. Um, if he's saying that the Call of Duty is only, only going to be on PlayStation for three years after the deal, and I think the deal is supposed to be finished next year or something. Mm-hmm. So that means by 2026, 2027, these games are, are not going to be PlayStation exclu- uh, not exclusive. They won't be on PlayStation consoles anymore. And he's upset about that. Look, my take on this for sure is... Why, why do I call it Hypocrisy Wars? Is because Phil Spencer's claiming that it's, like, they bought Activision Blizzard, but it's not going to, like, it's not anti-competitive. It definitely is. Like, you're just kind of taking, you're, you're, like, you're, that's why you're doing it. You're, you're buying these studios to get more people to buy your products and, and switch over to, to Xbox. People who are h- hardcore Call of Duty fans are probably not going to buy it on PlayStation anymore. They're going to get your console. They're going to play it on your thing. Or they're going to play it on Game Pass, on a PC, whatever you do with it. So that's the, the the one thing. And then Jim Ryan over here, he's talking mad shit like this, but it's like, dude, you guys you guys make Final Fantasy VII Remake exclusive. You guys make all kinds of other things exclusive. Maybe it goes to, to the PC. Maybe. But, you know, like Spider-Man just jumped over there. But let, without that, it's like, dude, Spider-Man was never going to go to Xbox. Horizon was never going to go to Xbox. God Award never going to Xbox. Like, it's just kind of hypocritical. That's like if Nintendo got mad and said what they said. But meanwhile, they got Mario, Zelda. You're never going to see that shit anywhere else. So it's like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I don't know. This whole thing is crazy to me. And I hate these two. <laughs> Straight up, these two are crazy. Right. What do you think? Well, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so just uh, my my side of it is, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so obviously Xbox, Microsoft, they're trying to, it's not so much that they're trying to show the, the video game industry anything in particular. What they're trying to show is the government, the governments wherein they own these IPs and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to show the government that this is not a monopoly. We do not have a monopoly over this franchise, this game, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, look, I'm going to publicly put this out there. We have a deal with Sony that's, that's going to, that, um, I forget what the wording was, but it, he, he, he mentioned something like, 
by the way, we have this deal, and then he has it's something a, it's else. The like, mark, the and this deal. is and this is a little, and this is, and that's even above what mostly what usually yeah. happens in these scenarios. Something like that, as if saying like, oh, by the way, we're we're providing extra on top of what yeah, it normally yeah. should be. Um, and obviously, things that Sony are, are, are I, you know, they've been very spicy in the last few months. Going back to um, uh, uh, Sony announcing that they're raising the price on the PlayStation 5, citing <laughs> inflation, which That's is nice. fine if you want to say that. It's fine if you want to say We live in Canada. We know all about inflation. Everything's 107% or 7% more inflated here in this country than it was last year. So that means if you went to go get whatever the fuck a pound of sugar it's going to cost you seven percent now more than before and that's not counting things like uh gasoline and shit like that which that <laughs> runs in its own markets so i completely understand like the verbiage and all the bullshit that they're using but when you cite inflation as one of the reasons why you're raising the price on your console but you exclude your own territory, the United States, which is ha having their own issues with inflation and things like that, you don't put them on the... Like, you exclude them from this price increase. It's one of the few territories that isn't affected at all. Every, most other territories are affected. Uh, you know, in Australia, they got affected. In oh, Japan, yeah. Japan, I believe, had the most, the highest percentage yeah. of a price increase. And then we started getting all those articles like, oh, uh, Japanese fans are pissed. They're turning to Xbox. Time will tell. Well, so I don't, I, I don't buy that too crazy. Like, all of a sudden, people in Japan are just, fuck, PlayStation, we're going for Xbox. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, but here in Canada, it went up by about $20, you know, 20 bucks yeah. more. And that's on top of, you know, trying to figure it out, trying to get a PlayStation. Not everybody's as lucky as me just driving down the street. Hey, look, there's an asshole with a PlayStation 5. Cha-ching, you know. <laughs> that's how I was able to get mine fairly quickly. Not everybody's as lucky. And, and I completely understand the, the, the sentiment of harder to get. Although I would say it's a little bit easier to get now more than ever. I think we're further. If you really want to get one of these systems, you can get it. But I yeah. understand an extra 20 bucks. Fuck, man. Like, I get pissed when gas is up 10, 15 cents. So I understand the whole $20 thing. But to use that, the inflation, as an excuse to raise the prices all across the board, to me, doesn't tell the full tale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so now we have this, these coming of heads, and now they're taking this fight publicly. It's just really, really interesting to see. And for you're right, for Sony's angle to be like, well, you know, it's anti-consumer and this and that bullshit... It's like, dude, it's no different than all the money that Sony has paid throughout the years to make certain titles, you know, console exclusive for the first 90 days before Sony can, before Xbox get, can get their hands on it. We saw it with, um, we saw it with, uh, you might, you might know this better than me, so refresh my memory if I have it wrong. But when they released Final Fantasy VII Remake, they announced that it was coming to the PC, but there would be like a one-year waiting period or something like that. Like, the PC people would have to wait a certain amount of time, right? They, they didn't even specify exactly what it meant. They just said it was exclusive on PlayStation for one year, right? <laughs> right. But when they decided to do Intergrade, when they decided to do the extra stuff, that extended that time period. So PlayStation, again, was being anti-consumer. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, ex extended it even more. We didn't see Final Fantasy VII Remake on Steam 
or whatever. I don't know if it was Steam or the other one, but we didn't see it for a very long time, like more than you would expect because it's Square Enix. It's not like they're bought by PlayStation. I understand they're close with PlayStation, but they're not exclusive to PlayStation. So it's like that was a ridiculous amount of time. And even then, like we still don't have it on Xbox when it should. All the other Final Fantasies, modern Final Fantasies are on Xbox as well. So there's no reason not to have 7 Remake on there too. But PlayStation obviously shells out the big bucks to keep it on Sony. And even Final Fantasy 16, same thing. It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Like, that's not going anywhere. So I don't like that that Sony's saying it's, oh, it's anti-consumer to take that off the, the, the table. But you guys have been doing that even, like, <laughs> the most, really, besides That's Nintendo. the name of the game. But that's the name of the game. So don't go out and call people out for that if you guys are just as guilty, if not more. It's I don't know. That's crazy to me, dude. That's insane. Dude, we talked about this, how in the past two years, but specifically the last year, Xbox has really turned it on. Them and Microsoft, have been, they've been making a lot of like consumer-friendly deals. And when I say consumer-friendly, I mean in the public onset. Yeah. Backstage, both these companies are fucking cutthroat. They'll cut each other's throats out just to spite each other, right? We get all that. But Xbox says, you know, Xbox without, you know, Xbox uh, Premium Life Service. What is it called? The Xbox... Uh, uh, Game Pass. The Game Pass. The uh, Xbox and Microsoft making the Game Pass so rich in content really started getting the ball rolling and really made PlayStation change up the entire way that they do their PlayStation uh, PS Plus system. I'm almost 100% sure if the uh, Xbox Pass, if if they hadn't changed anything, if it was just status quo, day in, day out, same shit, I'm pretty sure right now the PlayStation PS Plus service, it'd be the exact same, right? Mm -hmm. There would be no different tiers, first, second, third, with all these different games being available. But I'm pretty sure that Xbox takes a lot of that, you know, backstage credit because they were able to change the way that the game, that the way that the, that whole system was changed and, and evolved, and it made it a lot friendlier for the consumers. At the end of the day, when stuff like this happens, it makes it a lot harder for for the consumer. Like that's the only person that ends up that ends up suffering because now people have to choose between an Xbox or a PlayStation. The reason yeah. why this Call of Duty thing is so spicy is because there are so many video game players that literally the only games that they play are like are all your Call of Duties, right? Or mm-hmm. your your Maddens, right? These sort of big titles that come out once a year or twice a year, whatever, and they are console movers because people will buy a console if a specific game is available on it. So I think from Sony's end, a lot of that is, well, you know, if they take this IP and uh, it becomes like a Microsoft exclusive, that is uh, that is anti-whatever, anti-competitive, anti-this, anti-that, because it's now forcing consumers to choose one system over the other. Yeah. Whereas Sony PlayStation has fucking lived and died on having console exclusives when this um when this new generation of of consoles came out they were very much and this has been the weirdest console uh uh, era we've ever had with stuff ending up on pc and things like that has become like the most in terms of availability the best but also the worst in terms of like what will or won't be available in the future depending on whether you get an Xbox a uh, 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 PlayStation or or you know a, a Switch 
or a PC. But um, a lot of it is just, it's fugazi, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's very hard to be sympathetic to Sony in this scenario, especially after what we're seeing with them raising the prices uh, of, of the console, even though a lot of the world is still having a hard time getting these consoles, right? Blaming it on inflation. But at the same time, you're launching, you know, uh, a pro controller, which may or may not have anything to do with this, but they're doing that. They're releasing all these peripherals, like uh, like they released. Um, they just announced like the the, the PlayStation Five is going to have like this special edition, like camo, because you, know, you can swap out like you can swap out the, oh, the, the plates, the, the plates for like camo yeah, yeah, yeah. plates and all this limited edition bullshit. Um, and so. It's hard to gauge. Obviously, both of these companies are in it to, to, to make money. Obviously, that's why you get into business. That's why you get into any kind of business. But at the end of the day, I think what they're saying out in public, a lot of it is just fan service and a lot of it is, is fugazi. A lot of it is nonsense. And when we're seeing, you know, you know you're blaming the, the, the raising of the prices on inflation, it just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't really... Um, come off as, as like a real reason as to why you would raise the price, especially after we're seeing that these companies are making billions and billions of dollars and they're coming out ahead in a time when, you know, housing is, is housing prices are out of reach, gas is out of reach, uh, inflation is, is rampant all over North America, right? So I don't think it's going to come to a head. And I'm just, uh, I don't know. I, just, I think those are just my thoughts on it. I'm, I'm, you know, more and more of this stuff is going to be coming out in the next little while. But... It's hard to really sympathize with either of the two companies. And at the end of the day, if it continues this way, the only people that end up suffering are the video game players, the people that are going out there and buying your 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 games and your IPs and things like that, right? So yeah. you know, it's shitty for for the for the Call of Duty players because those are people that so there are video game players that only play the Call of Duty game. Maybe not specifically, but that is one of the ones that when it's time for them to decide which console to get, that's one of the main titles that's going to sway Definitely. them one way or the other. Definitely, yeah. No, man, you uh, you hit the nail. You hit all the nails on the head with that. Uh, you, you did that justice. I'm not even going to say about it uh, anything about it anymore because, again, it's just... Uh, there's just too much hypocrisy with this whole thing. It's just two companies trying to one-up each other, even though they don't want to admit their own shit, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, these are just ginormous companies trying to make a buck. And we'll see what happens when we get there. It's still 2026, 2027 is a long ways away. Um, and I'm sure that maybe the talking is done and maybe we're going to see some action at this point, which is what I'm all about. I'm all about the action. Are, are we getting ready for uh, – is Spencer going to throw hands at uh, Jim Ryan next time we see these guys in the same building? Or uh... We're, we're going to see Spencer trying to to tell Jim Ryan, hey, guess what? We're working with Nintendo now. Mario's going to be on our <laughs> – if, if some crazy thing – because I think Nintendo is pretty tight with Microsoft more so than Sony. And I wouldn't be surprised if one day some kind of crazy crossover happened with those two where it's like <laughs> Sony's just kind of in the corner like, man, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Spencer versus Ryan. Um, UFC. <laughs> Can't wait. Let's Can't go. wait. Oh, man. All right. Uh, part of Ubisoft's presentation where they announced uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, they also announced, or not announced, they showed more of Mario Rabbit's Sparks of Hope. 
Uh, man, let me tell you, I was already pretty excited for this game because I'm a fucking big fan of the first one. But what they showed was actually so cool. Like, I am actually really on board. This game really got my hype up uh, very high because I don't know why up until now I wasn't like, I knew it was coming out, but I was kind of like, whatever. But whatever they showed this time, I was like, all right, I am so excited for this. Um, they showed a boss fight with a Wiggler, which is like the Caterpillar enemy. Usually in the forests of Mario games, you, you find them. Um, and there was like a giant one chasing a train down, and it showed like a battle of how you can, uh, of how you take it down. So you're on the train and you're blasting the Caterpillar whenever you have an open shot while the train is being like abducted by invaders and stuff. It's really cool. Um, they went a, a little bit into the mechanics, uh, explaining that a little more. And I, I will say, the new mechanics of this game definitely is what was bringing me down about it because I thought it was so different than the first game, and they never really explained it right. But with this video, I was finally like, okay, I kind of get it now, and that's probably why I'm more positive on it, whereas before I was completely lost, honestly. Um, so yeah, they showed like a 10-minute uh, video about it. It's cool. I'm going to get it. I think this one also comes out next month. So between that, Gotham Knights and Sonic Frontiers, I think the end of the year is pretty packed actually um so yeah that's cool but the biggest announcement came at the end where they announced dlc for the game uh they just announced that there's going to be dlc they didn't announce anything specifically but there's a shot of where you see like the camera panning to the right with all these like rabbit heads and some of them are wearing like the mario outfits and stuff but then you get a set of ears that are not white and it's rayman rayman from back in the day and that's where the rabbits came from originally before they spun off into their own thing. And apparently he's going to be in DLC of the Mario Rabbids game where he's going to get his own adventure, which is just really cool. I think if you're going to bring back Rayman, this might be the way to do it. Because when you when it comes to the Rabbids, I think the games that they're in by themselves are pretty mediocre at best. Usually it's some kind of shitty party game or whatever. But with Mario Rabbids, that was such a success that obviously the sequel has a lot of eyes on it now so if you're going to bring back rayman at any point this would be the way to do it and i think back in the mascot era of things with 3d platformers rayman was like at its best those 3d games were, were pretty good uh i personally only played the first one a little bit and i liked it but i just never got back into it uh and then i played the side scrolling one from i don't know 10 years ago rayman legends i thought that was really good so i'm excited for this man i think it's a really cool uh it's just a kind of a cool crossover to have uh, a mascot, like a mascot type character from the 2000s crossing over with arguably the greatest mascot ever in video games. So that's just really cool to me, honestly. How many uh, Mario Rabbids games are there? Two? This will be the second one, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the, the second one hasn't come out yet? <clears throat> no, this comes out next month. Okay. And this will be part of the main game? Uh, DLC. It's DLC. It's DLC. So I'm generally not a fan of when games get announced DLC before the game's even fucking out. But I think they know that this will be a success, which is why they're already kind of, you know, doing this. Um, and the first game got DLC with Donkey Kong. They put Donkey Kong in as DLC and he got his own little adventure, which was pretty good. So, mm -hmm. again, if they're going to follow the same vein as the first game, this will be a hit. No doubt in my mind. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. I think also it makes it's really smart to announce the uh, the DLC. Like you said, it's a little bit unorthodox to announce the DLC before the game is even out. Yeah. But um, I think it's a really I think it's a really good idea. We, you compare this to Mario Strikers, for example. Mario Strikers came out 
you know, you seem to enjoy it, but a lot of the criticisms that I saw was it felt undercooked, it felt bare bones. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a game. That's a game that could have used something like this. Like, hey, by the way, Mario Strikers is coming out next Monday, but guess what? Also announced DLC is coming out shortly. It's going to introduce whatever this character, that character, uh, six new arenas, two tournament modes, and a storyline mode featuring this exclusive guy. Whatever the fuck, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm you know that's that's totally cool. You want to bring in uh, extra eyeballs with Ray Man? I think that's great because the flip side to it would be Mario Rabbits comes out the second one, and you know the early reviews are like, well, it feels undercooked, feels like there's not much here, and then they announce, oh, Rayman's coming. That can be taken like, oh, they're really desperate. They're bringing in Rayman to try to no, motherfucker. It's like they they've been working on it the whole time. So just announce it. You know, what I mean, it gets perfectly yeah. fine. Uh, we see this formula a lot in uh, things like Fortnite. You know, like you build up the anticipation, the hope, and shit like that. So uh, yeah, no, that's cool, man. You're you're gonna have to play that and uh, and let us know about Rayman. Someone who's even more excited for this is the wife. The wife loves no the first shit. game. We've Here gone we go. back to play it again because she wants to. <laughs> it's like she's <laughs> she's super hyped up. And the Wiggler character is like one of her favorite Mario characters. She even told me today that she's getting a tattoo of it. And I was like, all right. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, so she's she's hyped. And I'm hyped. It'll That's be cool. Fun. That's awesome. Uh, after that, all right, so we got this Nintendo Direct looming over us, it seems. Uh, every day, there's, like, new news about this damn thing. There always is. Even when one just happens, they're already talking about when the next one is. Um, but I will say, it's been kind of bare bones for Nintendo. Like, if it wasn't for these third-party games coming out, um, you know, I I don't know if the Switch would be popping. But, (laughs) you know, it is what it is. But apparently, this next Nintendo Direct is supposed to happen this week. Um... It's supposedly being announced on Monday for a Wednesday or Thursday showing. And apparently, it's going to be a Zelda blowout, which I'm happy about because Zelda's been in the back burner for a while. Absolutely nothing Zelda has been talked about, uh, except Breath of the Wild 2, but it's like, I don't even have hope for that anymore. I feel like that's going to be a next Switch game or something, but (laughs) I might be going a little crazy there. Um, But you know what? The Queen just died. And why does that matter? I don't know, but apparently Nintendo's going to push back the Direct because the Queen died. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Ridiculous. What, what do you think of that news? We've seen uh, we've seen a lot of these Directs get uh, moved and uh, delayed for things like tragedies. We've seen things like that happen where these... Uh, well, the war. The war is one of them, right? The, yeah, yep, yep. So uh, I guess the Queen passing away. Uh, the Queen's different just because um, it seems like everybody... I had something to say about it even like i was on instagram and i saw uh like even like grocery stores were putting up like rest in peace to queen and things like that so i mean we live in canada so mm-hmm. we're very much uh tied to that historically and yada yada so uh yeah i mean it doesn't bother me one way or the other when was the original uh direct supposed to be well this apparently week? apparently it's gonna come on oh, okay so originally they said announced this monday coming up Right. And uh, for for a Wednesday and Thursday showing, but let me continue my story. This is all, by the way, coming from a guy named Jeff Grubb, who is at Giant Bomb. Jeff Grubb, if you've ever seen like the Spawncast and stuff, sometimes he's like a, a guest member there. So I don't know. He, he's got inside information. So he's the one that said, you know, you guys might not believe me, but apparently it might be delayed because the Queen died. But then a couple hours later, he said, it does sound like it's still on, but it might get moved around uh, a little bit earlier or later on. So now it's going to be tampered with a little bit, but it's still supposedly coming out the week of uh, this Monday coming up, September 12th, I believe. Um, But anyways, 
all that aside, it seems like their main focus will be Zelda titles, and I think the two that they're going to focus on is Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, which previously, those are games from the GameCube era that got ported to the Wii U as HD versions, and for the longest time, people have been thinking that, you know, Nintendo would eventually put those on the Switch, which I think would be fantastic, because I've been, I've wanted to play those for a while, but I don't feel like getting my Wii U out to play that, because the Wii U is a clunky system to me, so... If they ever put those on the Switch, I am a day one buyer, no problem. I'll play those again. But I think the biggest thing people are looking forward to the most is just more on Breath of the Wild 2. Maybe even an official title. They've said that they don't want to announce a title because it's going to give away a lot of the plot of the game. Just the title alone. The secret of the ooze. The secret of the ooze. (laughs) Oh, shit, the turtles are in it. The secret of the ooze. Um... What was the shitty uh, third movie's title? <laughs> I think <laughs> I it was uh, Back in Time. Wasn't Turtles, it just called Teenage no, Mutant? No, Turtles in Time was a game. Teenage Mutant uh, Ninja Turtles 3, the piece of shit. Turtles of Time? No. I, it was just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Oh, it didn't have a subtitle? I thought no. it did. Oh, okay. But I know they go back in time, which is <laughs> stupid. Anyways, that movie sucked. Um it's Horrible. It is horrible. But yeah, Breath of the Wild 2 is what I'm looking forward to the most. I want to see more. I want to see a release date, like a concrete release date. And I want to see those Zelda ports. Hell, if you want, give me some more Zelda remakes, like the Link's Awakening one. Give me the Oracle games. Give me, you know, Minish Cap or something. I would love those Game Boy games. Just because those are the ones that I completely uh, missed out on. So, again, I don't feel like breaking out a Game Boy to play those. I own them, but I don't feel like doing that. Just give me a nice little remakey, and I'll play the uh, the game ski. I like go. that. The one thing I like about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the uh, Kawabunga collection, is that hopefully like it, it shakes some people into realizing that, uh, hey, there's potentially money to be made by putting like a shit ton of games onto like uh, one cart, one, one, yeah. one, you know what I'm saying, one release. But yeah, no, man, you're the Zelda guy, so uh, keep us <laughs> uh, keep us locked in on that. I don't think they're even going to talk about Breath of the Wild 2. I wouldn't hold my they, breath. They might not even talk about Zelda. <laughs> 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 I, this is all bullshit. That that's is... the, but that's the thing. This is all rumors. This is all people, insiders and shit, talking out of their... Not out of their ass. I don't want to say that, but like whatever. They hear stuff and they reciprocate it to us and we buy it as if it's official news. Like... How do you delay a direct with the queen dying when there's a direct not even announced? That's just all in our heads, but it is what it is. This is the internet age. This is how we operate here. I also want to say there's one rumored game also to be making an appearance, which is a remake of Metroid Prime on GameCube. Wow. Which that's another one I've always wanted to try out. Uh, So if that comes out or if that's officially announced, I will be hyped up for that too. This, This direct does have the potential to be like a banger. Like it could be the best direct ever or at least in a while um so there, there's obviously high expectations here so but we'll see man this week apparently if uh, if it happens this week you'll hear about it on the next cafe oh yeah we'll definitely cover it for sure oh yes all right uh up next there's gonna be okay so we heard about a, a black panther game but apparently what it really is is a black panther and captain america game from the uncharted creator mm. so that's interesting yep i was looking at it um no oh, shit Apparently, it takes place, I think, in the 60s, they said. Whatever, it's an, it's around World War II. Um, and you play as Captain America, Black Panther, and two other people, like a soldier and a spy or something, but they're not like heroes. Very interesting concept. I honestly have no idea how this is going to work. 
but apparently it is going to be like a big single player game and I'm down because I think you know I think this has potential Captain America and Black Panther are really good characters and the fact that they're joined by just two random people is kind of intriguing actually you never know who those could be um but yeah that's pretty much all they said on it i think uh i think this is interesting this is part of the d23 uh disney thing that happened they had a little gaming section most of it mobile games but i think this was probably the biggest game that got announced uh from there so yeah i don't know man do do you see this working i don't know this is kind of out of nowhere news i i was on board with a black panther game more than this to be honest just because the black panther world is cool but they completely shifted that and put it on its head and now it's a black panther captain america game centered on uh, around the world war ii events cool it's very interesting because uh you know the whole it's not even focusing on hey this production company is going to be doing this game it's more like amy hennig from the uncharted series so yeah obviously there's a lot of uh trust there in that name um it'll be interesting to see it's gonna be uh i've never heard of them but because they're a new company but skydance new media mm-hmm. it's a new studio and it'll be their first video game uh making a quote narrative driven blockbuster action adventure game featuring a completely original story and take on the marvel universe end quote kind of sounds like uh what we heard when they made that avengers game last year remember it kind of has the same kind of thing I think there's uh, lessons to be learned, and I think, uh, you know, coming from a company like Naughty Dog, I, I think <clears throat> I think we're going to see, hopefully, a, just like they said here, a narrative, story-driven game with no bullshit. You know what I mean? Little mystery boxes that you pay 99 cents to open and shit like that so you can <laughs> unlock, uh, you know, Black Panther's jockstrap. I don't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> Show me a game. Oh, man. Show me a single player game for loners like me to play, and because uh, I don't, I, you know, I'm not a big online uh, player. I don't think I've, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. But I want to see a really good game from A to B, and uh, <laughs> they got the right person in the in the big chair there. It's coming in with a lot of hype. I don't think they would have announced it otherwise if it if they weren't trying to create hype and anticipation. So uh, so we'll see. Marvel Games, another one, and yeah, as far as the timeline goes, having Black Panther and uh, and and um, and Captain America in a previous time, that's intriguing to me. I'm wondering how the technology is going to be different in that era and stuff like that. So, and and are they going to be flip flopping in time between two different time periods, or is it all going to take place mm-hmm. during that one time? Who knows, right? But yeah, I think it is because this isn't like this isn't T'Challa, Black Panther. This is like his grandfather, Julius, or something who had the the Black Panther mantle. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool little set piece. I think I'm gonna check it out for sure. Yeah, it should be fun. I think that's probably one of the more uh, exciting things that people got excited about with the whole uh, Marvel announcements. For the love of God, just don't do what Marvel Avengers did. That was not good. Did you ever Uh, beat that game? No, I I played it in, like I liked it at first, and then once I got to the BS like transactiony part of it, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah <laughs> putting yeah. this down. Oh, that's too bad. God damn it! All right, uh, that is it for the game flow. But let's talk about what we've been playing. I've beaten one. I've played a lot of one, and I'm currently playing another one. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go first because I got a lot. Do it. I randomly picked up the Deadpool game from like yeah, 2015. What the hell? Okay. I was looking at my PS4 games, and I took out the ones that I still haven't played or beaten. Yeah. And I was like, 
Damn, I bought Deadpool so long ago. Actually, my wife bought it for me when she bought me the PS4 Pro. Wow. And I never, I never popped it in. I never had the urge to, to, to play it. And I was like, let's just see what this is. So I just want to say, writing-wise, this is incredible. <laughs> they wow. nailed it. They nailed Deadpool. If you like those damn movies or the comics, this is fantastic writing. Constant fourth wall breaking. He's constantly shitting on you as the player. <laughs> it's, <laughs> nice. like, it's like press X to jump, you fucking idiot. Like he'll just cuss you out. Yeah. And uh, you know, and when you're losing in the game, he makes you feel bad about it. It's like, hey, can you try harder, please? Like we're getting our ass kicked. <laughs> it's fantastic. I like that stuff. Um, you get cool cameos from like Wolverine and other X Men, which is really cool. Um, and the game's not really long. I beat it in like five to six hours. Like, wow. It was very short. Um. <sighs> But it plays like a like a hack and slash beat 'em up kind of game. Like you, you could either go at them with uh, melee attacks with your your swords, your katanas. Uh, you unlock size and uh, what else do you get? You get you these unlock hammers. size. What do you mean by that? Size like um, like the Raphael Ninja Turtle weapon. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you unlock those after, and then you can get these hammers. So you're constantly upgrading your your equipment, yeah. and you get all kinds of guns. Yeah, you even get this like crazy vaporizer at one point. It's just ridiculous. And uh, it's just very fast action. Like the shooting definitely comes in handy, but it's easy to to to, to run out of bullets and you're stuck, you know, having to scramble for some. So you're kind of stuck with your katanas, which they're, they 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 can get the job done. But if you're getting crowded by guys, it's very hard to uh, to get out of uh, jams sometimes. But it plays like that. It's very fast, and it also incorporates elements of the Batman Arkham games, where it's like press C at or, or circle at the right time to like counter and, and block. Um, not as effective as those games. Like, I think it doesn't feel as good, but it still works. Um, but yeah, man, I think if you're a Deadpool fan, you play this for the writing and the cinematics and, and the, st- like, the story is that he's aware he's in a game. Like he, he is making the game and there are certain levels where it's like you open a door and all of a sudden it looks like shit. It's like a Mario level or like an old school Zelda level. Yeah. And then he calls the creator of the game. He's like, what the hell happened here? And he's like, oh, Deadpool, man, we ran out of money for this game. <laughs> like this level's like, we're on a budget here. Right. He's like, this sucks. Like take it out of uh, like, take the money from here. And then all of a sudden you go through another door and the game's like back to normal graphics. It's yeah. so good. I love it um i think uh the whole the whole thing is aware of itself you're not supposed to take this too seriously and i think that's why i really like the game um but yeah it's all it's all great it's all great fun do they use uh ryan reynolds for this game or no no he's actually voiced by nolan north who i believe voiced him in a couple other like shows or something but does nolan like he does his best imitation of ryan reynolds like his cadence or just completely different no, I think if anything, Ryan Reynolds might try to. He definitely puts his own spin on Deadpool, but I would see it as him trying to be like a Nolan North—not Nolan North per se, but like what Deadpool would sound like in a cartoon, cool. rather than the cartoon trying to sound like Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. Um, he's just very like. Uh, how do I? I'm trying to like think of an example of how he would sound. Just very aggressive, like high pitched voice, but not too high pitched. Like it could be low when he wants. And what's cool also is you have, I don't know if it's Nolan North as well, but you have two voices in Deadpool's head, which one is saying, oh, we could do this or we could do that. And one is very high pitched, one is very low pitched. And he's constantly talking to himself and the player. Um, I don't know. It's really good. There's parts of it that's like, it can definitely feel like a slog because you're, it's, it's repetitive. And the enemies aren't, like, the biggest variety either. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, the the writing is, saves the game for me. Like, that's what kind of kept me going and seeing it through to the end. And, you know, what? there was a weird glitch, actually. When I got to the end, 
you're fighting uh oh man Mr. I think his name's Mr. Sinister or Sinestro or something. Okay. The the big bad of the game. Mm-hmm. But he has clones of himself everywhere and the final fight is you're fighting all his clones. And when the real one comes out, you actually don't fight him. The end of the game is like press circle and you're going to like kill this guy. But my game glitched and it went to the main menu and I didn't see the ending. <laughs> and then when I wanted to, when I got back into it, it was making me do the fight again. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going through that again. That was hard as shit. So I actually just looked up the ending on YouTube because technically I did get the ending, but whatever, it glitched out. And uh, it was very funny. So yeah, the game is just funny. If you want a good time, a quick little five, six hour game, man, this is, this is the way to go. So the last battle is pretty hard. The last battle is 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 hard because it's constantly like bar- barraging you with enemies. Like everywhere you go, there's like fucking ten motherfuckers coming out of a doorway. And then there's at the end, <laughs> at the end, the main villain clones himself. So it's like fighting the main guy four times. Like there's four. Like imagine instead of one Bowser, you got four. <laughs> wow, <laughs> dude. But uh. But it's a pretty hard battle. But then after that, once you find the real one, he's like pretty useless. So I guess it, it wasn't even a boss fight. You literally just kill him. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very cool. The fourth wall breaking aspect of it is amazing. There's even when the game starts, Deadpool's sitting on his couch scratching his balls with his gun. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's it's so ridiculous. <laughs> that is tremendous. Yeah, man. So I. I'm just taking a look here. This is interesting. The game originally came out here in North America on January, on, excuse me, June 25, 2013. Dude, on the PlayStation. Oh, it's 2013. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> on, on the PlayStation 3. Oh, so it was actually last Shit. year. PlayStation wow. 3 and X, uh, excuse me, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Two years, more than two years later, on November 17, 2015, this aligns more with your timeline. Yeah. Uh, you had the PlayStation 4 Pro already. It came out for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So it was one of those games that, like, next generation, well, yeah, next generation, it came up, but, like, two yeah. years later. So was, that's very interesting. Like uh, Sleeping Dogs. Like Sleeping Dogs, yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely fun. Like, it's fun. It's not as fun to play as it is, like, hearing it and watching it. I'll say that. Like, the, the gameplay of it is monotonous at points. But everything else saves it, which is what got me through it. So if you like Deadpool at all, even if you like like the movies a lot, this is definitely something to check out. Because it also doesn't really overstay its welcome. Like, it could be repetitive, but at the same time, it's over before you know it, right? That was my next question. If No matter how good the story is and the writing and all that bullshit, mm-hmm. if it would have taken you... 25 hours to beat I would this not game. Have you seen probably would have been like, fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> you know no. As good as it was, I would not yeah. have seen it through. Yeah. yeah. I actually never once looked at how long the game was. Right. The only time I did was when I was in the, the end level. I thought it was way too early for it to be over. Oh. But, it, but it was over. So I was like, oh, okay, this is it. Okay. That's awesome. So, but definitely, there's there's some def, definitely some gems here. There's one instance where Wolverine comes into the picture and he gets knocked out. And... Deadpool gets on top of him and says, press press X to slap him. So you're just bitch slapping the shit out of Wolverine. And it doesn't, like, you can stop, but Deadpool's kind of, like, egging you on as the player to just keep slapping the shit out of him because he has, like, this hatred for him. Like, this, this like, yeah. you know, yes and no rivalry with him. So it's just, I don't know. They're, they're, all those instances are just so funny to me. Man, I'm going to see how much I can get it on digital. Probably pretty cheap. It can't be that much. Um Eight but bucks. as it as it stands, this is the only Deadpool game ever made. Wow! So just for that, I think it's worth to be in your collection. Cool. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna check that out. All right. Uh, so yeah, I beat Deadpool on a whim, and then I put in uh, Cruising Blast. Cruising Blast. 
is a continuation of the cruising games from back in the day on N64 and stuff. I believe they're in the arcades as well. Um, man, I never had so much fun with a random racing game I randomly popped in. This is like my Horizon Chase Turbo. <laughs> this was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was uh, I, you get you get a couple cups. Like, you, you get maybe... You get a, a variety of stages, but you don't unlock any more stages. You just unlock difficulties for those stages. And the whole point of the game is to upgrade your cars. So you're, you, they, they put real cars in this thing too. Like there's a Nissan GTR, a Skyline, or a, not a Skyline, a 370Z. Then you got the Camaro. But then they'll give you like, you could ride a dinosaur. <laughs> like, or a shark. <laughs> or like a fire truck. It's That's ridiculous. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Me, I played this with the wife. We were just constantly going at it. And it feels super arcadey. Like if you're ever off track, if you're ever going to fall, it'll just like you'll hit the wall. Your car will do a flip and it gets you back on track. You might slow down a little bit, but that's about it. Yeah. Just super fun overall, man. Very flashy. Lots of colors. Great soundtrack. Um, good variety of vehicles. Good variety of customization. Can't can't complain, man. I, I thought it was a really fun little game, and if you could get it for like 30 40 bucks, I think it's worth it. I got it for a full pop at fifty when it came out. Um, because yeah, I was because you picked this up a while back. I got it a while back. I remember you I mentioned never, it on pickups. Yeah, I never pop, popped it in because I knew that I wanted to play it with somebody, and uh, the wife. We had a, a night where we just popped in all kinds of shit and played. So that was really fun. Uh, she really seemed to like it as well. I played this game for about four days straight before like unlocking most of the stuff that I, I, I wanted so yeah. it's cool man I think it's definitely a cool little uh, multiplayer game so if you ever come by we'll, we'll pop it in but uh, yeah Cruising Blast is sick man I love, I love it that's awesome cool and I'm my serious game that I'm playing I'm still chucking away at a Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker on the Playstation 3 uh, collection I will say uh, I was a little bit disconnected from it this whole time I was like the way it's set up is so PSP because it's originally a PSP game and you could tell, like, the cutscenes are done in this animated comic booky style. Like, it's not live. Like, you don't yeah. see characters actually doing it. Sometimes you do, but for the most part, you don't. But I'm at the point now where it's really um, continuing the story of Peace Walker, which... Or not Peace Walker, uh, Snake Eater, which I consider my favorite one at this point, uh, playing up until this point. So the fact that I'm, I'm now... It's kind of hitting home with me where it's like the story of that game is transitioning into this game. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Snake's past is coming back to haunt him, kind of, so it's like, fuck. And it's really, like, dragging me in now as, like, a player where I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of like... It's hitting familiar territory, so it's bringing me in. It's not so much... I don't really care too much about how the game's structured now. I don't really care about any of that. I just want to see how the story's going to play out now, like, on a, strictly cool. as a fan. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, this game does a couple things that uh, is new to the series. Um, so, all the games up until this point have been... Shadow Moses, for example, that whole thing is open for you to, to, to explore. You need certain key cards and stuff, like all the games, but that thing is one big place that you're, you're exploring. The second game, you had that, that thing in the ocean, I forgot what they were calling, the, the shell or something. That whole thing was open for you to explore. Snake Eater, the jungle was open for you to explore. This game, it's like you pick a mission on a list, and then it brings you to more or less the area, and you can explore a little bit, but once you get to a certain, like, A to B, once you get to B... The mission's over with. And it'll even say, continue on the next mission. You unlock the next mission, you select it on the list. That's like, it's not, it doesn't seem seamless. It's like, it's segmented, very segmented. Like one minute you're on, you're in the jungle, and then the next minute you're in a facility. And 
the jungle mission, it shows that you got to the facility, but then I gotta go back to the list and pick the next mission, and now I'm in the facility. It's like, I wish it was just this one big continuous thing. But I get it, it was a PSP game, that's why it's like this. And another thing they do, they introduce something called the Fulton system. And what that is, is when you find, you might find prisoners on your adventure that are just like kind of tied up laying down. You attach a balloon to them, and they fly up in the air, and they go back to your base. Because at this point, Snake has created his own mercenary kind of thing. So, they go to your base, and you could also do this with prisoners that you've knocked, or not prisoners, uh, enemies that you've knocked out and put out to rest. You, uh, you attach a balloon to them, they go. When you're done your mission, it'll tell you who has come into the base since then. So all the guys that you've captured, and you assign... Uh, you assign them to roles, so you might want you might put one guy in R&D. You might put another guy in combat. Another guy will go to like medicine. Another guy will go to food. Another guy will go to this and that. And they all have their own specific like what they're good at. So that's kind of like how you base it. And putting guys in the combat section will it, that's how you unlock more guns and more weapons. Uh, in the food section, you have to make sure you have a lot of people there so that all your soldiers are fed and the morale is high. Like, there's this whole side system wow. to the game that, like, wasn't in any other Metal Gear, so it's, like, kind of right. kind of crazy, like, that you have this extra thing to take care of. At first, I didn't really care for it much, but then I saw how important it got. And now, it's pretty easy to me. Like, if I ever need, like, more guns, I kind of just take some people away from, like, one department to the, the combat department and then whatever. But... It's kind of like, it's something that's not needed. Like, I don't need that. It's just, it's just more shit for me to, 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 you're just trying to pad out a game that was a handheld game and that's how you did it. And it's fine. It's not that it's bad. It's just that playing all the other Metal Gears up to this point, I was just so invested in adventuring and sneaking around and getting the missions done that I was like, once I got to this one, I was like, okay, this is like a whole side management now that I got to do. It's fine. It's not bad. Definitely different. Um... Like I said, this is a sequel to Snake Eater, and from what I've learned, it's not even the first sequel to Snake Eater. There's another one called Portable Ops on the PSP. That's it's, I think it takes place four years after Snake Eater, where this one takes ten years. So okay. I had to catch up on that story a little bit to understand this one a little more. So that helped a lot, but I'm not going to play the other one because that one's strictly on PSP, and I'm just not going to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. I think I'm probably three quarters of the way done. Uh, you fight three Metal Gear machines in this one uh, to eventually where you fight the Peace Walker machine, which is the Metal Gear of this game. So it's good. I'm going to say it's good. I like it a lot, but I don't think it's up there with... I might just say I, I. it might be the lowest really ranking for me. It might be... Maybe it's above Metal Gear 2, but honestly, like I don't think I would play this one again. Wow, even despite the, uh, the memories of, um, of Metal Gear 3 coming into this one now where you're at? Yeah, like, I think it's an important one to play if you like Snake Eater. Like, like I'm glad I'm playing it. I'm going to finish it for sure. But I just don't see myself popping it in in the future. It's just not something I need to do. Yeah. yeah. I've never played uh, Metal Metal Gear 5, but um, mm-hmm. that's the only one that I'm missing. Well, out of the uh, main console, I haven't played the, uh, the PSPs or anything like that. Right. Or the Game Boys. I really should. But... Um, in that one, from what I'm told, there is a building your own mini army kind of thing aspect to that game. So maybe this is sort of where they started planting those seeds. Because five is also a big boss, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So you're probably that one. Just yeah, that one goes. That. I believe five takes place in the '60s, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I could be wrong about that, but mm. 
Yeah. I've never played five, but yeah, I know with that one, uh, you build up your army and stuff like that. So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's cool, though. I like that, that little bit of it. you got to do a little bit of management. But uh, from what you're saying, it almost sounds like it's been strictly put in there just to pad out the game a little bit. Yeah, like it just, it, it, you could have done without it. <laughs> but it <laughs> right. is what it is. And there's also different modes. Like, you know, online was pretty rampant at this time, like when they were introducing like players and stuff for the PS3, uh, where you could do missions with other people. And that's cool. But I totally, I'm playing this in 2022. It's not like that's an option right now. So. I'm not really taking advantage of these extra modes. Like there's a versus mode where you could fight other players on a map. Like that's all there, but like obviously that's not going to happen now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm taking it strictly as like a single player experience and that's what I got. So cool. I'll probably uh beat it sometime this weekend or next weekend and I'll report back. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Let's talk Batman. Batman. <laughs> so I've just been playing uh Batman Arkham City. I'm early on in the game and I was telling you before we recorded it's just they're just throwing like all these different bad guys at me. So, uh, in terms of a story, it's, it's really, really good. It, this game came out a while back, so uh, just playing it now, it feels pretty good. The controllers feel a little bit looser than uh, when I played uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. But uh, I'm still kind of getting used to everything, and uh, it's still early, early on. Um, but it's interesting because even early on in the game, you get to play. I've already played as a Batman and Catwoman, so I've, been, I've, I've played as both of them. And I've already encountered, like, uh, uh, um, Mr. Freeze is coming up next, but Harley Quinn, Joker, a uh, bunch, bunch of the bad guys. So I'm still kind of learning everything all at once. But uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. Very nice. And you, um, um, yeah, that's all I've been playing, man. I've just been uh, popping that one in. I did download uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two from off of the uh, PS Plus oh, shit. from last month. I just haven't uh, started playing it yet, but um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna pop that one in soon. And uh, yeah, just been playing, uh, been playing Arkham City. I'm guessing it, it, it the whole game takes place that night. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. It's kind of like how the comic books are, anyway. So, um, but yeah, Arkham City. It's fun. I mean, I've been enjoying it. Arkham Knight, even Arkham Knight. Do you, do you ever plan on playing Arkham Knight after That's this? That's the one? next one, right? That's no, the, the next, next one, one is the next one is Knight, and then Origins. Well, Origins is like a prequel to everything. So right. I don't know. I don't know which order. Maybe Origins came out released before Arkham Knight. Right. But continuity-wise, Arkham Knight takes place after this. Okay. Um, Arkham Knight gets shit on, but it's my favorite one. Wow. And that might be because I played that one first out of all of them. So I have that bias, but I still think it's amazing. Uh, that one is truly open world. All of Gotham's uh, accessible to you. There's extra little interiors that you go into and stuff, and I think it's great. You know, the Batmobile stuff is take it or leave it, but I think it's good. And it does take place at night, but there's so much neon lights in Gotham that it's like, it just looks cool. You know, yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. a problem with that. But yeah, no, uh, Arkham City, when I played Arkham City, I was kind of turned off by, like... Arkham Asylum takes place in the asylum, so I'm okay with the graphics, but the city looks, it looked kind of muggy to me mm-hmm. when I was like flying around in it, so it never really grabbed me, but I still stand that it's one of the best games ever, but Night is definitely my favorite. Um, I was going to ask, you said in a podcast that you got a purchase of, uh, you purchased Mario Kart 8 on a whim? I well, did. That, what happened with that? How'd that happen? <laughs> I just, uh, when did I, I, I got that game like at the end of July. Oh, and okay. I just felt like playing something different, and uh, so I just started playing that. There's a ton of shit to discover, though, because there's been so much stuff released for it. Yeah. And I'm looking at this like, holy shit. But uh, no, I've just been pe- casually playing it. I have it on the uh, on the Switch, 
So I've just been uh, playing through that one, but uh, it's fun, man. It's exactly what you would expect, right? A lot of rubber banding, but that's kind of what makes those games those games. You know what I mean? You kind of have to keep is, your yeah. pedal to the metal, and <laughs> hopefully nobody throws <laughs> a banana peel in your way on your last lap. But um, that's a fun that's a fun ass game. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah. I yeah. actually checked out the. I should have talked about this, but I checked out the new tracks that they released last week or two weeks ago. Right. And I think they're great, man. It's more fun. That, that game is just fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's the best card game. game ever released. You know, like it's, I think so. It's just just the, the sheer size of it. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's I huge. think so. Awesome. Okay, and we're going to end on pickups really quick. I'm going to sum this Do up very, very fast. I went to, I thrift from time to time. Not close. Usually just like games and stuff, movies, and anything else I find. Went to Value Village on a whim one day, and I just bought a bunch of crap there, and uh, I was very surprised with what I found. So, on the movie side, I found the Viva La Bam series uh, that <laughs> aired on MTV right. like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I watched that at the time. So I was kind of like, oh, man, this is going to bring back some funny memories. Um, so I definitely got that. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge with Andrew Garfield. That's a movie with uh, where he's a soldier, but he he chooses not to kill anyone. Instead, he like rescues the wounded in battle and like brings them back to the base. And everyone's questioning him for it, but he's like a man that, you know, he that those are his morals and stuff. And he lives by those morals. I don't know. That movie bought, uh, got a lot of awards at the time, and I've always wanted to watch it, so I found it on Blu-ray. Uh, you ever seen Hacksaw Ridge or no? No, that's a war movie, right? Yeah, it's a war movie. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, the Departed, I also found on Blu-ray with uh, Jack Nicholson and Leo DiCaprio. And Black Mass, which I believe was Johnny Depp's last, maybe last movie, second to last movie, I forget. But it was a, probably his last big movie that I saw being advertised before he kind of went quiet. Right. Um, where he plays like a gangster in that. So I've never seen these movies, but I bought them on Blu-ray because I've always been intrigued. And they were $5 each. That's good. Along with the Viva La Bam series. I so, like that. You know, at that point, I only spent 20 bucks. Um, and then games. I found Batman Arkham Origins, which is funny that you brought it up earlier, yeah. uh, for the PlayStation 3 for 5 bucks. also. That's it's, a steal. It was a steal. The CD wasn't scratched. I was like, all right, this is the one Arkham game that I never played. Uh, I had it on the 360, but I've... If I could, pl- if I could get a game for cheap on the PS3, I will gladly make that switch just because I enjoy the PS3 a little more. Yeah, me too. Um, so whatever. Now I got it for both, but I'm gonna play it on the PS3. And then on a whim, I bought LA Noir. Oh, it's a PS3. great game. Never played it, dude. It's like good. I just I've heard good stuff, so I was like, you know what? It's here. Let me just grab it. Fuck it. That's um, a great fucking game. It's got an amazing. Um it's got a really fun uh, interrogation aspect to the to the. That to the is, game. yeah, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking to some guy, and you're like, "So where were you? Uh, you know, Friday night at nine o'clock or whatever, right?" And they're giving you the answer, and you're you're supposed to like look at their eyes and see if you can pick up any giveaways, telltales that they're lying or yeah. not lying. I mean, it's still hard because at the end of the day, like some guys look like they're lying, but they're actually telling the truth, and yeah, <laughs> and vice versa. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like you know, you don't need it doesn't really test you as a detective, so to speak, but right. It does have detective aspects. You go around to like different crime scenes, and and you work your way through like the different um, the different departments. So like at one point you're working in, in in arson, so you're going around investigating all these different fires and who might have started them, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually you work your way to like Vice and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of cool stuff in that game. Not the longest game in the world either, but uh, it's from Rockstar, so that's kind of uh, you know right. you're you're in good hands, and it's a it's a good game. I, I enjoyed that one. Definitely. 
Yeah, so everything I bought here was for five bucks each. Um, nice. So I got that. And then on a whim, this was strictly just because it was there. Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune for Super Nintendo. I, when I see cartridges at a, at a store, it's like, what the hell is this? And if I don't have the games, if they're cheap enough, I'm going to buy them, even if I'm never going to play them. Mm-hmm. Just to just to fill up that collection, these, these are cool. And I like Wheel of Fortune, and that's fine. So I got that. And then uh, a rare find I got was uh, two Amazing Spider-Man comics from the 70s. <laughs> nice. Uh, I have them here. So one is a uh, one of those PSA uh, things, like in, we see it in movies and stuff. Don't this do one drugs. Is, this one is strictly like a, uh, a don't do drugs, and it's a Canadian one. Wow! So you got the kid wearing the Oilers Edmund, jersey. There's a kid wearing an Edmonton Oilers jersey. Yeah, Spider Man. And you got all the drugs, you know, needles, cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> what the? They were so heavy-handed, these motherfuckers. Uh, oh, man, it was ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, apparently this is like, this only came out in Canada or something. This that's This awesome. is literally from the Health and Welfare Canada company. So That's amazing. That was, uh, that's nuts. They, and then I got this one. Yeah. Uh, Marvel team-up Spider-Man and Daredevil, which I thought, I don't know. I don't know how rare this is or if it's rare at all, but... I like these little team-up uh, comics, and man, my favorite part of this is when you open it, it just smells like yeah. that print back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. Yeah. Love it. Um, so yeah, and these were both made in the 70s, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I got that for like three bucks. <laughs> There's something about the way those old books smell, you know, with the old paper and, and the the way they used to do the ink and stuff like that it before it went all glossy and, and magazine quality yeah. and shit like that, but yeah, man. That's yeah. awesome. And it's in so, color. Um, yeah, and it's in color. So it's a little faded, and I think one page is ripped in one of them, but it's like the last page in the back that's like an ad, so it's not ah, even a big okay. deal. Yeah. But uh, I got it just because it was there, you know. I do collect comics from time to time, so that was a nice little piece. Uh, but yeah, man, th- a very successful day for me there. That was cool. I like and, uh, it. Was this time. the one near your house? Yeah, it's like 10 minutes away, the closest one. Yeah. Uh, in downtown Barrie, so. I like that. Yeah, it was a good good little day there. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say, man. Anything else? I think that's it. Uh, let's get on out of here. We've been around, went two hours. Jesus. We haven't done this since, like, Podcast Fresh Cafe number six. That's right. So if you guys are still <laughs> awake and still here, thank you very much. Um, I'll throw out the plugs. I guess on Instagram, we're at Podcast Fresh. YouTube and Facebook at Podcast Fresh as well. Shoot us an email at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. We'll read it on here. Uh, and our personals, I am at... Uh, what the hell am I at? Torres Unlimited <laughs> and Ryan as official underscore acapella. So go on there and check uh, check us both out there. It's rare for you to forget yours. And I know. Mine. It's weird. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Again, we have other shows on the Podcast Fresh Network. Check out Chris's last wrestling podcast. He had a really good episode on Clash of the Castle last week, which I think you guys should check out, even though the pay-per-view already happened. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, Chris, you're going to make another, uh, you're going to make an AEW one soon, right? Yeah, AEW. Uh, we're going to look at the pay-per-view from last week as well as uh, everything that's going on with the, uh, the whole CM Punk thing. Very nice. And uh, I have the Game Flow podcast. I have a new episode coming out sometime next week. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, I'm making my comeback. So, nice. I like it. Uh, look out for that. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to remember the Wii U and 3DS. Because nice. Those shops have closed. And yeah. It's kind of sad. So I'll talk about my personal experiences there and my favorite games on those things. And yeah, we got another Fresh Prince of Bel Air coming out. We started season five. That should be out by the time you're listening to this or not. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's all, it's, all a, it's all a gamble with us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys, lots of content. Check it out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next cafe for 
Cafe 51, one removed from the Big 5-0. Oh. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. Podcast Fresh.